One, two, three, and. So take me down the road that's a little bit windy to a place they still put sugar in their iced tea, where the women all fine and the love is fair. Yeah, driver, you can drive me off anywhere. Hey, driver, pull on over. I'm in a fight with God. This Carolina's shoulder seems the place I'm getting off. Daddy always told me never make a home on the road. While your lady's sneaking out and the kids are growing old. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 73 of the NFB podcast presented by 3D Entertainment. The NFB podcast is brought to you by Riverside Dodge, the official truck sponsor and dealership of the show, as well as Hooked Up Enterprises as the official in-arena gear of the NFB podcast. And of course, we can't forget Wrangler, the official clothing sponsor of the show. Wrangler, long live the Cowboys. What is up, everybody? Holy shit. This summer has flown by we've been busy we've been on the road we're back we understand that we've had a hiatus we apologize to all you loyal listeners everybody that's reaching out we're back and we just actually finished recording the intro or the, the actual interview with leah garcia and it is a banger so we're gonna rip this one wednesday night this is gonna come out thursday morning this is fresh off the charts fresh off the the table and we're excited to bring this to you jason davidson is going to be joining us here in a little minute he had to take a hiatus after our interview to go have some supper because he's uh well a little pretty boy but it's me and scotty burner still right here and play what's up scotty how you doing buddy well, I think maybe he's being just a little bit of an AFP, but it, we won't go down that road. So anyway, yeah, it's been busy. You, you, you've been giving her. We've all been giving her. Um, just excited. Uh, got to come up to the Clooney Cooper Memorial. Your bull riding in your backyard it was great to see a lot of friends and family and uh, you yourself with uh, Cadillac and Braden fighting bulls. Um, so nice to see. Uh, first time for you guys in a bullfight. That was awesome. Yeah. Uh, had a lot of had a lot of comments from fans and, and people around the camp there that uh, that was a cool thing. So, yeah, it's been good. Been giving her. Uh, like I said, Dylan's been rodeoing lots. Where did the summer go, though? You're right. You nailed it. It's we're yeah. looking at end end of September here already, and it's and it has been a month since we put a podcast out, but it's yeah. not like we've just been eating chips on the couch or everything. No, 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 no. She's been tough sledding. Well, I mean, there's some chips thrown in there every now and again, I'm sure. But yeah. <laughs> no, those bull rides, man, especially like for me at this one, it's right in right at the yard, right? It's kind of, I do everything from the ticketing to sponsorship to all that sort of stuff. So it definitely is a 24-7 job to kick something like that off, especially the week or the, the two weeks leading up to it, right? Finalizing everything. And we bring in all the all the tents and all the different stuff that, that make it what it is. So she's a busy time. And then, you know, everybody starts rolling in and we get rolling and having fun. And um, we get to reminisce a lot of stories and find out lots of stuff that we're going to talk about on the podcast, but we just don't get to podcasting once we're all together. But uh, we appreciate everybody and their, their patience and whatnot. We'll get into the freestyle and uh, the event itself and a bunch of different stuff as we go along, some team stuff once Jason um, jumps on here. But first things first, I want to get uh, get at you, Scott. Braden Byrne just officially announced 
that he got the CCA final. So that's pretty cool uh, ordeal. Runs in the family. A lot of years of of a burn, either riding or fighting or or doing something there. He's the next generation. Tell us how it went down. Is he pretty excited? I talked to him. He seemed pretty excited. Yeah, he is big time. He it was one of his goals to get the CCA finals and kind of give him some reassurance that it's time to, you know, he can move on from there or keep going or whatever. He got it with Cody Strandquist, a well-known uh, contractor, super uh, bullfighter, and um, has a lot of bulls going up and down the road. So that's nice to, to hear and see too. Yeah, we were just doing some math. I think it was 41 years ago your dad got the CCA finals. It was 28 years ago for me, 30 years ago for Jason. And now Braden in 2023. So it's it's That's pretty well. special for for him, um, but kind of like a, a smile for dad too. So it's uh, I remember I, I phoned Jason as soon as Braden let me know that uh he had got them and I when he answered the phone, I said, Do you remember that feeling you had when you got the call to go to your first CCA finals? And he's like, Yeah, I sure do. And it, it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was an amazing time in your life. And yeah. You know, same as same as you. Congratulations, by the way, getting the call for the for your second CFR, correct? I like it. Yes, yeah, sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you know, day. isn't that a that's just the best feeling in the world. It makes it all worth it. Uh, well, it really is. And it. as you know, it's the stressful, most stressful time of the year. Yeah. It's totally out of your control. Your fate is left in the boat rider's hands. All you can do is perform and do the best of your ability and then that's all you can do right so it is kind of a stressful time just hoping you get it and and uh waiting for for that call but it is a really good feeling when you do get that call i know that it is and uh you know i've been fortunate enough and you'll kind of laugh the way i word that but i've been fortunate enough to not get the call and get the call so i know both sides of the coin um it's funny last weekend i was talking with dave sandylands his kid uh uh the high school roadie with with Dylan and uh, we were talking about that very thing. He's like, you know, that's the one thing I do not miss about fighting bulls is this time of year. Cause it stressed him out so bad. Like, are you going to get it? Are you not going to get it? And yeah. uh, it, it is, it's, it's kind of putting your whole year uh, on the line in one yes or no you yeah. go or you don't go. So um, yeah, good. Uh, you got it along with Ty Prescott and uh, Brett Monia. So that's good. Man, yeah, yeah, good crew. That's you know we've done the the Peter County finals, the three of us last uh, four or five years now. It's been, and then uh, this will be our second year doing the the CFR. All three of us together. Yeah, I couldn't ask for a better team. Those guys are absolute studs and do a good job, and they're easy to work with. We know where where the other one's supposed to be, and it makes it a lot of fun, right? In that sense, and good buddies. So that's cool. Nobody's trying to be the hero or trying to compete with with the other guy. We're out there all for the same reason, and that's to protect the guys, right? Which uh, for those that don't know, the the to get a finals, it's a voting system. So the CCA finals that Braden would have got, the top twelve or fifteen bull riders in that association, they vote on who they want to protect them there, as well as the CPRA and the PBR. And the CPRA, I think it's the top twenty guys get a vote, and then it's a it's a system on how they vote actually too. So first place that they put down gets ten points, second place gets five points, third place gets three points. So if you get a first place vote, and somebody else gets three third place votes you still have a higher higher vote number in the in that count the way that that system works within the cpra which is kind of crazy pbr canada i know is just a vote as a vote which i think that's exactly how it how it should be but that voting system kind of throws a throws a kick into things sometimes too right you might get Whoa. all the votes but you might not have enough first place votes and somebody else might have three or four first place votes and they could they could take you out you know 
that's why I always said those the lowriders have to be in that voting system. You have to be cognizant of who you're putting first, second, or third. So yeah, you know you got to pay attention because the wrong guy could go. You know, just as a oh, we'll just mark this guy down. You know, he went to lots. He could screw the guy that was really supposed to go out of a final strip. So they got to yeah. be careful. Yeah, that's same thing I've always said to you. It's fucking quality over quantity. We've talked about this in in, uh, in different aspects of this podcast, but it's just like bull riding too. You don't you don't not give Jess Lockwood the the championship of the world because he was younger, hasn't paid his dues or whatever else it might be. Maybe he didn't go. Remember the CPRA guys would go to their minimum count rodeos. Chad Best plug every year, and he'd win. And there'd be guys that go to thirty rodeos and still couldn't beat him. So it's just the fact of the matter is. The best of the best is supposed to be there. However, that however that works out, right? In that sense. So, no, that's cool. I'm glad to glad to hear, Braden. Uh, Braden gets to do that. So uh, pumped up for him. Yeah. I got to hang out with him in Olds. Actually, at the Olds Toberfest, I took my middle daughter yeah. Ruby out there, and uh, she had a freaking blast. She's a little hillbilly. She loves fucking horses and cowboy and then she wear a cowboy hat and her boots the whole time. And just I'm totally obsessed with horses and animals. So. That was kind of fun. You know, you you uh, you have all your kids, but we don't, me and her or me and Layla or me and, you know, one-on-one, you don't, it's a different situation than when the whole family's together, you know? So stayed in the hotel two nights and she was folding her clothes and getting ready for the next day. And we went to the Jones boys and I got some new hats because I keep giving all my fucking cowboy hats away. So I have some cowboy hats again, finally, for the fall run, some nice belts. But yeah, she got to do that. She helped me sheep fight. Scott, you know what that's all about, too, with your boys out there helping you fight the sheep. So what a blast. And Braden, we went swimming the one day at uh, at, a, at a hotel at Olds and beautiful pool. Our Ruby was having the time of her life. And then Braden joined and she liked that even more. So full circle, man. Look at us going here. What the hell? Real circle, yeah, that is cool. That is cool, for sure. Like giving your hats away or, or throwing them across the room away? Uh, a little bit of both, I'm guessing. I'm not really. <laughs> I mean, I'm not a hundred percent. Yeah, uh, no, rem- remembering how it all went down, but I, I know there was some hat throwing. I know there was some kicking. I know there was a lot of hey driver, hey driver, yeah. a lot of back pride. Hey DJ, oh, play yeah. hey driver. That was uh, that uh, was the main one. Um, but yeah, you know how it goes. You just get, yeah. you, know, you just have too much fun. Too much fun. Yeah. Too much fun. Wish I could count how many fucking cowboy hats I've given away in the last couple of years. Too many. These ones aren't going though. These are nice suckers there. Uh, I think it was Terry Jones at Jones boys. Yep. Shaped them up for me. Oh, he did a good job. You know, when you first put a cowboy hat on and it's like, you're like, oh fuck. Never. I've never put one on the first time and felt good about it. Maybe just a little bit of a different shape or not that you're used to. He did it. I put it on and we both looked at it and we're like, all right, leave it just like that. Cause it takes a lot to make this space look half normal. So <laughs> when it looked all right, I was like, yeah, we, you did it. Run buddy. with it. Yeah. Run with it. Start the car, start the car. We got a good one. Yeah. Anyway, guy. Cranbrook story. I wanted to get from you, Scott, because uh, we went to Lonnie West's wedding and uh, me and Ty Prescott, and it took us a, took everything we had to get out of Lonnie West's wedding and to make it to uh, to Cranbrook on time. But is there not a story of you and Jesse almost not making Cranbrook on time? Oh, yeah. Yeah. We, we Well, that's when Jesse was living in Saskatoon, so we decided to go over and visit Jason. And, um, yeah, before we knew it, it was like 4 in the morning, and and we Jesse drove back to his condo and... <laughs> 
hit a freaking garbage can with his car, that 300 he had. But I, we woke up in the morning. You know how you wake up slow and you're just like, oh, what a beautiful day. Looked at my watch and it was like 9.30 or so in Saskatchewan and yeah. or 10.30, maybe even later. But I remember running down that hall just hollering his name like, we got to go. <laughs> Somehow one quick stop in Rosetown for like a chicken kebab or some fucking thing. <laughs> Wayne Vold, he was it. A taquito at Seven yeah. Eleven. <laughs> yeah, taquito Tuesday uh, on a on a Friday. I remember Wayne calling like, "Where are you guys? Like, we're not far off of Buckingham's. We literally rolled that three hundred in there, and it was on fire because it would had been running pretty hot and heavy all day. Jumped out of that car and went to fight bulls, but Later. yeah, I just had a little sleep in. I guess yeah. both our alarms didn't go off. You know, <laughs> no real reason why. Probably because we worked out so much the night before. You know? <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, like it was crap. close. Like, that was one of the one of the two times that I was scared I wasn't going to make performance, and the other one was coming from Medicine Hat to Strathmore one year. I was with I you. Rolled it. You were. I mean, remember we had uh, Devin Maisie's truck. Yeah, that, I had to sit in it and let it cool down. Yeah, because that thing kept cutting out on the way there. We were going so fast. Never stopped for one red light in Strathmore. Just blew them all. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's right. Because we rolled in. I'm like, Tanner, you're going to have to sit in this truck, let it cool off. I got to go. And yeah, I hopped out. You were still riding bulls at the time, but that yeah, was a close gonna, call, that one, too. I wasn't up that day. I was just, I was there the next day or something. So yeah, you went running across the track and in the arena. What was that? They switched dates or something and then they ended up running together and you didn't want to give one up or what the fuck went on there? No, I had to, I had to have one performance in Medicine Hat in order to have my. Uh, rodeo count for the NFR. Put my name. Oh, uh, that's what it was. So I had to do one perf there and then come finish at Strathmore. But yeah, I walked yeah. in the arena with no. Uh, Ty Prescott was just getting started at the time. He had a vest on. He thought this was his shot. Scott's <laughs> not going to be here in time. I come running in and he just kind of, oh man, ah, fuck. Walked out. Yeah, walked out there. No knee braces, nothing on. And uh, Bo Hill was on Barn Dance of Calgary's that day, and yeah. a fucker hooked me up in the up in the air and it was just it was a shit show but we made it and got through it all so yeah two close calls two close, close calls, calls. Was yeah that, two was brothers jesse? was jesse doing it Strathmore with you at that time uh you know what i believe he was yeah because yeah. i was calling him and they were like i remember we we're still in medicine hat and the ball ride wasn't even close to being started and they were already like in the i don't know like the steer wrestling at that end like, it was gonna be nip and tuck yeah Luckily worked out because you don't want to affect any performance or production yeah. of anybody's. So yeah, we, we made it under the, the a little different as a bull rider, not making it and just turning out than the bullfighter yeah. not showing. Yeah. Uh, that's a bit exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So could have been a, a fail moment, but we made her thanks to Devin Maisie. Shout out to him because I mm. begged the shit out of his truck. That day. <laughs> now he knows. <laughs> Now he knows. Uh, Crabbrook, that was my first time out there. It was actually, fuck, I had, a, I had fun. It was just me and Peacock and uh, Kale Ethier, Wayne Vold, and um, uh, Jamie was there and cooked his breakfast and whatnot. And we all just, it was fun. It was a good low vibe. There wasn't very many bull riders or nothing, but yeah, it was tons of fun. Did you camp in the big trees? Like, did you Oh, yeah. And I had, like, soon as I drove back in there, I was just having um, flashbacks. Of like uh, being a kid when my dad was fighting bulls there, those big yeah. tall trees, right? Everybody that's been yeah. a crown brook knows them. But uh yeah, we had a fun time. Wayne was sitting with us and I was uh the one afternoon we were having a bullshit and I was getting him getting some stories, trying to get some stories out of him. And he was telling about singing and playing with uh 
with the boys back who just passed away. Um, Ian Tyson. Ian Tyson. Yeah, he was talking yeah. about that and doing his show and and then how they ended up living right beside each other and uh, yeah, he had some good stories of going to LA and rock and rolling. Guys, full on fucking rock and roller. We got to oh, get oh, him, yeah. got to get him on here and get some get some stories because he dove into a few of them and they were fucking awesome and very enjoyable and he didn't even break the ice on what he was right getting at and what they did right some good scrappy stories and singing and oh it was awesome i remember billy richards bringing he was billy richards was in a um like a secondhand store this is quite a few years ago and he found a wayne vold record like the old record yeah how they had yeah and it was his record and he wow. brought it to the rodeo and got Wayne to sign it. Yeah. But I think I remember right. Like Wayne had the old school tux on in the picture, like the frilly tux down the front. Like, Beauty. you know, that shit was cool then. Yeah. Um, probably will come back and be cool again, the way trends go. But yeah, yeah pretty, that guy's done a lot, you know, picked yeah. up at the NFR, rode at the NFR, you know, got a goddamn, uh, pilot's license. Yeah. Flew his own plane. Yeah. Yeah, we got to get him on here. That's a legend of the mm-hmm. game. Holy crap. Yeah. And I just think, getting to go I, yeah. to some of them rodeos and, you know, you just like, you know, sit around. I don't have many conversations with him, but when you do get to sit down and, and start picking his brain on some stuff, the fucking shit that comes is like, wow. Needs to you be know, I, I was really lucky to go to work for Wayne when I first kind of was cracking into the pros. And I always said one thing about Wayne Bold. Wayne Bold never asked anything out of you other to do, than to do your job and do it well. He never asked you to, you know, sort or clean liners or whatever. Um, and he always said that I, I have a good crew and that's what makes me look good. And that's the way I want it. So, um, yeah, he was he was a good man to work for, for sure. Yeah, it's been longer than that, Scott, since uh, Ryan Vern was at CCA Finals. He said, I think 79 or 80 is when he went. He just turned 17 that July, he said. Oh, yeah. so that's 43 years ago, Yeah, we'll say. Right. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That history. Mean, wow. Yeah. yeah. That's wow. Wild. That's cool. How many CFRs have you done? Fourteen. I did. Holy shit. Uh, sorry. Let's clarify that for any stats keepers out there. Thirteen. I was an alternate in twenty ten. So Thirteen fighting, one alternate. One alternate. How many times did uh, my father go? Ryan. Fourteen. Fourteen. He did. Fourteen. He Legit, did, eh? Yeah. So yeah. Brett, I think Brett's thirteen this year. Brett Monet. Is he really? Yeah. yeah, I think that's his this is his thirteenth year. Peacock's five or six, I think now. So is that the record then? Fourteen? I think it is, yeah. Oh shit. Sure. Hi, Jason Davidson. So good to have you join our show today. What's up, buddy? Hey guys. <laughs> oh, I was on Newfoundland time. Sorry. Half an hour late. Well, as long as you're here, buddy. As long as you're here. What's new? We we've just been going through uh what we've been up to lately. <laughs> uh introduce you now jason davidson what have you been doing you've been busy i'm sure no no <laughs> no i don't know when's the last time we we like a month ago our last pod was martine which we can get into that too a little oh. bit people really like that one and there's been a lot of good feedback and a lot of people sending videos of all the different shit that's going on since this that week. podcast yeah in eagle pass what, they think, yeah what was that video we seen jason it's 2200 yeah, people yes you guys think that's bullshit just turn on the news it's fucking wild is it getting some traction on the news like traction as far as this has got to stop traction in the sense that there's a lawsuit right now that the u.s government has put against the state of texas for those buoys that they put up really oh yeah yeah, yeah. so you know I, i'll i'll 
post that one too. Somebody sent it to me uh, on Instagram. But uh, yeah, supposedly that they didn't follow federal law and they're just going by their state laws and did that themselves. And then now the the Biden administration's trying to get them to take those buoys out of the water because oh, they're oh, oh, oh. not safe. So there's a battle going on there too. It's making it <laughs> easier, eh? Part, part of the master plan. Yeah. Hmm. So, no, it's pretty wild. Jason, the, yeah, we've done um, my event here in PA you were a part of. I'm sure you've been doing lots of hockey stuff. The season's getting ready to kick off here in about 20 days, right, with that team stuff. You've been at the lake. I know that. Been rolling pretty steady yeah. up there. Things have been good, though. Huh? That, we were just saying how summer is just completely fucking flowing by, and we're into the fall run with the cup events already. We are one week away. Uh, lots of planning. Lots of planning. Got a nice little uh, stunt plan for Edmonton next week ahead of the Oilers-Vancouver Canucks preseason game. We're going to buck some bulls down there at the plaza um, at the Ice District. So looking forward to that. Um, should create some hype. Tickets are selling. That's the that's the best thing for us at all of our fall events. The tickets are all up. Saskatoon's on a heater. Must be the Sunday performance. We switched to a Sunday. I don't know. According to Brett, the hitman heart, it's, uh, well, it's double than what Friday was a year ago. So oh, shit. Today, I had yeah. guys asking me about that, wondering how it's going to work. And like you explained too, you get more of the kids and the family on the Sunday and then the Saturday can still have your party, right? Seems That's right. Fit. Yeah. You're going to get your Saturday night crowd because it's Saturday night live, right? Um, but a lot of people got to work till five, five thirty, and then you got to try and get home and get out the door or get a sitter or get your kids fed and get to an event. It's not quite as easy as a Sunday matinee might be. Right. So yeah. go with your family, grandparents, maybe plan a dinner afterwards, you know, you're done the performance by five, hit a resi after at five 45, have dinner. Nice little day. Nice little day give right give JD and Blaine your money for the tickets and buy some of our t-shirts and hats. And I'm going to give some bull riders a lot of money in Edmonton. It wouldn't be hard choreographing, uh, Bucking bulls in downtown Edmonton to, to the kickoff of the Oilers season, would it? I mean, yeah, yeah oh, shit, nothing to it. Yeah, you just gotta have good peeps. <laughs> Peter Jabrad and <clears throat> Splash there, Jeff Backus, they've been kind of taking the lead. You're gonna have Pyro at that sucker? What do you think? Is that allowed? Pyro there. I didn't even know. I thought that'd be allowed right there in the center. People think they're getting shot. World War Three, downtown Edmonton. Well, we aren't there yet. You never know. <laughs> yeah, right. We aren't there yet. Yeah, it'll be fun. We're only going to buck four or five bulls, I think. Just uh, Brinson will be there and do some stuff. We're going to have some great giveaways and prizes. Lamley's, some packages where you can go on a shopping spree and get tickets for the finals. Cooper Tires really stepped up. Two sets, eight tires. They're donating for the cause and have a little fun with it. So any uh, anybody that buys tickets window i forget what it is obviously i'm not paying too much attention to that that's brett's job but there'll be a window that you can buy tickets um if you're at the event and uh your name goes in to win that prize so that's yeah, probably like twenty five hundred three thousand dollars worth of stuff let's put our names in scott yeah <laughs> that's what i'm thinking Fuck, where do i enter <laughs> Fuck it, right? yeah then we get to go to the hockey game after that and do some stuff uh, with the Oilers, right? With the preseason game and kick shit off. So you're What's saying you need a it? ticket? Uh, yeah, probably. I'd like okay. one. All right, I got you on the list. Right. I'll drop the puck. Can't I'll do that. Up. They don't do that at preseason games. There's no official puck drop, apparently. But yeah. one lucky row at 
Rogers place is the whole row is going to win free tickets for the PBR. Oh, there you go. We need to know that. PBR row. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, Budget cuts. The give it to box. the guys in the cowboy hats. Give it to the guys in the cowboy hats. Budget cuts. McDavid and Drysaddle probably won't be playing. They'll probably be in the press box. So maybe. I'll um. No, there, like that's not necessarily true. No, those guys play. will get in. Let's say will they play eight preseason games? Those guys will play five for sure. Oh, so shit. will they play the first one? I don't know. The problem is they don't let those lineups out. I actually text my boy that's in Vancouver to see if he had any. He goes, "No, we won't know till we yeah. won't know till hours before we get on the airplane to come over there." Oh shit! Keep yeah, guessing. Jason, what year do you think Ryan Byrne first went to the CCA finals? He's born in nineteen sixty-three. It was nineteen eighty-two. Nineteen seventy-nine. He went when he was seventeen. Oh, no shit. Yeah. He's turned Holy. 17 that July, he said. We were just talking about that. No yeah, kidding. I said 82, too. Yeah. I thought he was just, it wasn't long when he, because he went to the NFR in 86, yeah. and his first CFR was what? Maybe his first CFR was 82. Yeah, that might have been it. Okay. Be. Yeah. But I thought he, there wasn't a big gap between CCA, CFR, and NFR. That's why I went 82. I thought I was actually, I was going to say 83. I think he did them like all right though the year that he went did the CCA finals the CFR and the NFR. What do you Everybody think was used the highlight? To do all of them. Lloyd Minster. <laughs> Lloyd for sure. Huh? I don't know. I don't know. We talked about it. Getting that call to go to the CCA finals was pretty special. You got to yeah, admit. I remember. I remember it. Okay, uh, I would like to ask you there, Jason. And Scott, did you do much freestyle in Scott Burn? We talked, we we hinted on the event, Jason, that we had a good event here at PA. You definitely didn't win the Calcutta, Jason. Better luck next year. But you guys did yeah, last year. Yeah, so you're that's welcome. Okay. That's okay. Thanks for the dono. You're Thanks welcome. for the dono. But freestyle bullfighting, boys. We were a little short on guys, and so we brought in some junior guys, which I think the junior guys stole the show. Really, they were. Oh yeah, awesome. Yeah, right, good, actually, good hands. Yep, those kids are <laughs> awesome. Tried their asses off. A good set of bulls for them i thought and then we did a freestyle myself Braden Byrne, and logan catholic who none of the three of us have ever been in a freestyle competition before what'd you think what did Jason, i think you're... yeah you're the oh, freestyle if, guy. if they were if you guys if they're fighting bulls like that still i'd still be doing it <laughs> that's what i thought yeah I know. no that's it was good it's, it. it's good though it was what did you guys think that's the better question you guys are the one out there that oh, was fun it's uh takes your breath away i haven't been out of that like in that heavy, yeah, you don't breathe. Fucking legs heavy breathe. since like Bantam Double A hockey when you're getting bag skated. Like I was fucking dead. That first day I, had, I got a, or second day I got a refight. So I just chased that first one around the whole time and I was out of breath. And then the second one had some fight to him. But like you say, you just gritted. I remember here, I, my dad at one point's like, fuck, slow down. You're just going <laughs> fast, right? And that fucking thing was just like bunting around right you can just slow right yeah. down walk around them but you're going hard and you're wanting to fucking really do it and show off and go as fast as you can and like you say was that something fast. that you guys had to deal with jason was like the breathing <laughs> yeah. and slowing breathing. down and yeah but i shape. wasn't fighting ask your dad what i was fighting they had a little more chase it's and they competition, come jason i'm just asking you no i'm your, just telling you about no. like it no 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 i'm there's a difference there's a huge difference because we were doing 40 and another 30 so 70 seconds. Yeah. What'd you guys do? Yeah, we did 40 and 30, but you could sell it after 40. Did 40 you and 20, 40? you guys did. 40 and 20, we did? <clears throat> yeah. yeah. 40 but you get to, but, but when you're standing there and you think you should be 
catching your breath and and waiting on one or trying to get his attention you you don't breathe through that i, I imagine you noticed that right yeah and that's the problem and then you can't catch your breath and when you I, nod when you nod your head that is the last intake of air you will take for yeah, fucking 70 seconds for, for, uh, yeah i don't the, care who you are it's and better it if changes, they're on but, you they're better if they're on you yeah. you know and you're like making rounds or you're cutting back the other way the when i would run out of gas is when they'd leave you and then you'd have like a second to think about it and then you'd be like holy fuck i'm not breathing well why do you think why do you think guys took bulls to the barrel yeah that was the time to slow down buy yourself a little bit of time you know do whatever but i think it was good the best part was in that situation that you hosted there it was three you never done it before it was younger bulls, lots of kick, a little bit of fight. You know, you got to play around, show a crowd that's probably never seen it before. It was great for everybody. And in in turn, you guys got to learn some stuff too, you know? Yeah. You, you got to – I may have ran out of been coaching Braden a little bit over the bike. but Oh, no way. Favoritism? <laughs> no favoritism there. <laughs> go, son, go. <laughs> yeah. Colin Steele's daughter comes up to me later and she goes, so I don't know much about much. Really, I don't. But it, like, we're, is that not cheating when you're telling your <laughs> son to slow down, square up, drive for the hip, all that kind of shit? I'm like, no, what are you talking no, about? No, it doesn't count. No, it was sick. I, uh, I had a blast with it anyway. And then you know, it's just like you get the adrenaline pumping and you just want to fucking win, like jumping that thing, right? I don't I have no idea if I was going to get over it, if it was just going to hit me in the shins. But I remember hearing the story of Tanner Gerlitz entering the freestyle and Oyen, I think it was, and he went to jump uh, Prince Charles, a little gray ball, and it fucking yeah. smoked him in the legs. But I was like, fuck it. You know what? This is probably the last time I'm going to do this. So I might as well go all in. And I tried jumping that first one there. The first day he wasn't wanting much just, to do with that, yeah. but yeah. So do you think you'd do it again at your place? Something like that? Some younger bulls? Yeah, shits yeah. I mean, that's I yeah. think I think the crowd really Sorry, boys. Yeah. Having a hell of a problem here today. <laughs> we lost Jason and he's back again. Yeah, I think it was cool. Yeah. The people Yeah, like just it, let's right? bring some heat. Let's bring some let's bring some shit that's gonna run you guys down. That's yeah. Everybody wants to see. Yeah. I was if, just if about that... to say about Scott mentioned some about when you, when you nod your head that's kind of the last breath you took. Yeah, at the Canadian Finals one year, I was fighting uh, one of your dad's Mexicans, and I was mic'd up. <clears throat> the local news had me mic'd up for something, and I uh, fought him for the forty some. He was just okay, but again, you're not breathing, you're tired, and then I ran and jumped him, and I was so fucking probably out of shape. And mm-hmm. out of breath, I went straight to the locker room and started throwing up. I didn't even, I forgot about the mic. Like, you know, you yeah. get so exhausted, you're puking. Yeah. So there I am. And then I'm like, oh, shit, I got the mic on. <laughs> and the guy, the guy, I go, I'm sorry. He goes, no, that was awesome. I'm like, Fuck no, awesome, man. that wasn't awesome at all. Good TV right to be there. an athlete. <laughs> I, I definitely I puked. Think... I puked after that on the Saturday after that second fight. Fuck yeah. I was there. Scott was trying to crown the champ, and I was like, my legs were starting giving out, and I was yeah. getting weak. Rubber and man, I couldn't breathe. And then I tried to just pound some water, and just no, that's fucking. So it was legit, like that? a bantam double A, fucking bag skate. Like when you're playing minor hockey, that's exactly what it reminded me of. Same feeling. Arms are heavy, tingles. You're like fuck. Well, yeah. when your legs feel like they're they're not going to work anymore, yeah. I've I've had that happen on several occasions. Yeah, Cloverdale yeah. one year. 
out in the and that's a big old pasture they used to put bike fence but it's still so wide all you did was cut it in half and it's still bigger than a hockey arena really square footage wise and i remember trying to get to the shoot <laughs> you're just like come on three more steps and don't catch me don't catch me because <laughs> when you're getting into those shoots <clears throat> you know it's going to hurt if you don't get up like you're oh, toast. Yeah. they're just going to mark it and wallpaper oh, you yeah. Them. Yeah. <clears throat> but then i got into shape a guy by the name of Kelly Lacoste wanted to beat me up after he watched me get hooked all over Edmonton one year. And he's like, listen here, son, if you're going to do this shit, you better harden up them legs. Yeah, you better mean it. And I did. I did. It well, wasn't I all think, about beer drinking then. And yeah. that's what we were having. A, you know, we were just having fun. Fuck yeah. I think the next time you have it, we'll just, we'll have a barrel too. I'll get the barrel for you guys. No, no, yeah. you don't need a barrel. Actually, you know what? Yeah. You got some... Yeah. yeah. Heck yeah. Yeah, I think uh, yeah. I think you should bring some Mexicans in that little pen. That'd be fun. Oh, uh, maybe I won't get in the barrel. Then. I was talking to uh Aaron Ferguson, <laughs> who's doing a BFO at uh Regina during the exhibition, and he yeah. was telling me about uh some of these young <laughs> fighting bulls that he's brought up from wherever he was at, and he said they are fucking mean. <laughs> so oh, yeah. Yeah, so I'll have to I'll be at Regina, I'll make sure live stream that one to make sure everybody can have a look is at he it. not aren't some of those like caping they're caping them are they not well he was in like actual spain or somewhere i don't know where he was at where they were they were doing all that sort of stuff but uh these ones i don't know where they're from but he brought them up and they're at kyle danes's right now and he's gonna use them for some bullfights up here but uh yeah he was telling me they're the they're the real deal so that could be something to watch but no moral of it was yeah, it was, you know, just something that we could do. I, I text Braden and said, are you good with it? And, you know, it's we're fucking bullfighters. Have some fun. Wildcat. Now nobody can say we've never freestyled. So fuck y'all. <laughs> fuck y'all. Did it. And jumped one. So that's about the last time. I yeah, went. you did. Yeah, you did. Hey, when you jumped him, what did you like more? Obviously, the head's a little bit easier, like the side jump. Did you ever fucking full length them or what was yeah, your go-to? Yeah, that night, that that was 57 that I fought. He was kind of a short body, little prick, not very tall, but you, I had to, I had zero vertical. So I had to, I had to have a time perfect. Yeah. <clears throat> and then when you're jumping across your back, you're basically sliding your ass. If they kick, back. you're screwed. Yeah. yeah. And then you, you lift land. Your head up I've only, la- I only landed like two. Yeah. And then I started just walking them off the barrel, like yeah. just stand on the barrel. But what sucks then is if they don't come to you because it looks terrible. You, just you need one there. that's hot. Yeah. Yeah. You're just standing there looking like a tart, you know? They're pawing. You're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I thought I had a picture of that. Okay. Moving on from there. Uh, JB Mooney officially announces his retirement from being a professional bow rider after a wreck that uh, left him with a broken neck with some rods and screws and, and all sorts of stuff in his back. Um, but yeah, we all kind of knew about the injury. It was the talk of the town for a while there. And then JB jumps on the internet and, uh, has his, has his, uh, retirement post and lets everybody know that he will no longer be riding bulls. So hats off to a great career for there, for that guy. I went out, I text him. It was exactly, um, you know, what I'll say here right now is that that guy was the best that I ever got to see do it. And it was uh, an honor to share the locker room with him and just get to witness the shit that, that he did over all those years. Right. And then to see him in the later years, literally leaving it all in the arena every fucking time. Right. It's, yeah. you know, he was getting in a lot of wrecks there at the end and getting hurt. And, and it was just like, a lot of guys would have been like, fuck this. And he had no backup, which he had through his whole career. 
and not once did he never leave it out in the arena. So hats off to that guy, man. What a what a career that's going to go go down in history, and hopefully that stuff all heals up and look forward to, to seeing what he can do now if they get him into the uh, team stuff. I don't know what his relationship with PBR side of things is. I think he'd be a good coach. Maybe a little Mike Babcocky, where he might be a little bit too old school for some of the new, uh, <laughs> some of the new young guns. But if he gets the right, uh, right crew underneath him, I think he'd be good. Or maybe some media stuff, or who knows? Maybe he'll just Jim Sharp it and go and ranch and hang out at home. You never know, right? So it's kind of uh, exciting to see what what he uh, what he'll do in the future. But yeah, just one of the best to ever do it. And you guys got to watch his whole career too. Yeah, unbelievable. I remember, I remember him as a co- I remember coming to Calgary as a rookie or second year in competed saddle dome for the pbr cannon finals him and Cantor, they were kind of like young guns who else would have been lj who oh, yeah. been going back then um oh reese cates yeah that, that was quite a group of kids Yo, um, casey hayes back in his yeah, wilder days hayes, Coyote, yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i remember Cantor coming up at that time and spurred one so hard that it bent his spur completely and that was the first time i've seen that as a kid and then yeah like jb and those guys 18 19 years old and just the best bull riders that you'd ever seen in your life and winning everything there was to win so it's cool didn't Cantor yeah. win calgary one year stampede yeah yeah, yeah. he did that, that that same year he tried to stuff a fucking six foot by two foot check in the overhead bin his <laughs> 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 flight home <clears throat> I think he won. He rode Garfield, I think, to win it that year. Oh, yeah. 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 And then Mooney won it twice. Uh, yeah. And a lot of fun at uh, the old Stampede. So I said they should get him <laughs> back to do some media stuff for Calgary. That'd be right in his element. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. So hats off to JB on a big career. He said he was going to come on here to announce his retirement when he was on the podcast. Still that fucker. So we'll have to get him back on here. Yeah. I'll have to share that. <clears throat> Did we get that in writing? Do we have any mm-hmm. copyright to that? Mm-hmm. Just on the pod, just recorded. Yeah, shit. <laughs> uh, Ryan Byrne gets inducted into the Bullfighting Hall of Fame. That's pretty cool. Down there in Fort Worth. Uh, we're going to go down to that and uh, in a couple weeks here, October 20th, and uh, head into Fort Worth. I'm not sure where it is or what's at. He's got it all lined up, what's going down there. But big honor for him. I know he's super proud. Him and uh, Smurf, Michael Horton, getting inducted. They're doing a thing for Rick Chapman. Uh, all the legends of the game, right, are, are in that uh, bullfight Hall of Fame or the Wrangler bullfights from the 80s and 90s. So <laughs> I know he's very honored and looking forward to inducting him in there. I'll do, I'll make sure to have some videos and photos and stuff because you two fucks aren't coming, I guess. Well, I got to go to work. Sorry. <laughs> oh, that's good. At least you're going to the team finals. And Scott's got to go watch his boy. Yeah, Scott's going to be on the mic. He's going to be on the mic coaching Braden again. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Shoot the guy. I was actually over with my shell light connection sipping on a Corona when I, and I'm like, is that Scott telling Braden what to do? Sure. <laughs> shit. I oh, did shit. it with all of you. I just may have done it a little harder with my boy. <laughs> with my boy. Yeah. So it wasn't like, what cool. wasn't like there was fucking $20,000 on the line. You know, I'm a, I play fair. I play yeah. fair. It was just a lot of fun for the boys, right? Yeah. Jason, team stuff. Let's get into that here while we're while we're at it. I know that there's been a lot of shaking and moving. Sage Kimsey's finally back 
for the Carolina Cowboys, which they looked good again. Boudreaux Campbell steps up to the plate last weekend and helped the team with a win. Nick Tetz and the Arizona Ridge Riders are looking phenomenal right now. And Nick Tetz is the, the standard of that team. I think he's Chase Doherty's doing really well too. And Keyshawn, but you see oh, and Eduardo uh, too. Eduardo, I think again. Eduardo well, he just started riding bulls. Like yeah. literally, he was falling off. Um, but yeah, he's been on a heater too. And Colton Fritzlin, uh, another guy, shout out to him, friend of the pod, breaks his femur there a couple of weeks ago. So uh, that's the biggest bone in your body for those that don't know, and that motherfucking hurts. So uh, hopefully he gets that healed up. And uh, Scott, you know about that, eh, Braden? Didn't he bust his femur yeah. too? Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Couple I know. I think it's going to be a pretty exciting final. So I think there's some pretty deep rosters in, on yeah. s- seven teams. Yeah, like we know anybody can win it once it comes to that finals, right? That is correct. And what, what about our boy Dalton Castle just hanging around there in that MVP standings? Yeah, he's killing it. Looking yeah. phenomenal on that team, right? That team is looking great, and, and that's due to him stepping up. He's one ride behind. Points. 87 and a quarter and points that's, behind Lemay. Yeah, so this is, a, that is another aspect where it kind of gets a little – Tougher where this individual title comes into play, where the coach is picking your bulls, you know? Yeah. You got to, yeah. Gaffney's going to have to win for the team. But I mean, that could say that it comes down to the last bull of the year and he picks Jose to get on that bull and he wins it by that much for that individual title. That's another aspect that comes into play, right? But our boy, the three time world champion, Silvano, sitting number four in the MVP, only about five bulls behind, really, which yep. is a lot of bulls. When you're chasing yep. Lemme, but still enough events left. Yeah, injuries, you know, you never mm-hmm. know what could happen, right? Stick in that race and get to the finals. Speaking of Nashville with uh, with Silvano Alves, what's the shakeups going on? Oklahoma, are they cleaning house, trying to do a, a rebuild, or what are they trying to get picks? Well, because it mean, looks just... like we lost Eli Vassbinder and we lost Chase Outlaw from the Oklahoma yeah. Freedom. Yeah. They're two top We're guys. getting rid of, getting dumping some salaries by the looks of it. Yeah, and uh, Briggs Madsen also. Yeah, they just released him. Released him, and he went over to the Missouri Thunder with his brother, Cade, mm-hmm. which is a he's a phenomenal bull rider too. So, yeah, we'll have to get some insights on what uh, what the Oklahoma Freedom are up to right now because it uh, looks like they're cleaning house, getting rid of some stuff, and hopefully trying to do a rebuild or something going on there. Yeah. But I think that's a big opportunity for Outlaw. Uh, he come he's coming back from injury and get underneath McBride's coaching. That's gonna be huge for uh, nothing. You know, obviously he's got Lostro and Cord McCoy over there too. But I just know for me personally, McBride or Cody Lambert, I think would be the guys that I'd want to ride under just due to the fact of mindset wise and what they're able to 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 do with with the guys that are underneath of them. So you see what McBride did with those guys at the finals last year. I think that's gonna elevate Chase's game and give him a little bit of a, a rebirth into into the sport after all the injuries that he's had as well. Eli moving to the, the Texas Rattlers, they're kicking ass too. Their team of misfits seem to be winning. So it's good watching. It's pretty entertaining. I, I do. I really enjoy it. Are you still sticking with your uh with your championship, who you think is gonna what you get her? You think the gamblers are still gonna take her? That's who I picked, didn't I? Yeah, still sticking with it. I got to. Yeah, you know, let me change. Well, I'm not gonna let you change, but I'm just wondering if you have any doubts yeah. in the back. No, of I your gotta mind. go with it. Well, look at Castle and Lemmy right now, just yeah. one two punch. One two punch. Two bulls. If you ride two, your chances of winning, yeah, are huge, right? 
Carolina Cowboys, look out. Sage Kimsey's back. Telling you. Telling you. They're going to come Is in. Is that hot. who you got? You got the Cowboys? Yeah. Scott, who'd you go with again? Oh, I don't even know now. <laughs> I, don't I actually don't. Oh, you went with uh, you went with Nashville, didn't you? I think uh, whatever. Who's who's Nick with? Arizona. Arizona. I think I went with his team. I'm pretty sure. Well, that's you know what? It really, I I think it's a seven. Well, if we get one going into the final, I think there's one team that's that isn't going to get a sniff. Oklahoma. And then no. Who? Well, yeah, now that we made those moves, two teams. I think it's a six-team race. Who's on the outs? Missouri and Oklahoma. Yeah, Missouri's having out too. Eh? Yeah. Well, the Kansas City Outlaws, Marcus Mast is out now too with a, a broken neck. Yeah, but they back. just brought in that Studley 3D client, Mauricio Mariah. Yeah, yeah that's good. Yeah, they've surprised me all year. Weekend for him, give first two, and not so hot last weekend. The Rattlers will get Cody Jesus back. He actually uh, entered the PRCA rodeo on snap one for eighty-seven and a half at Albuquerque. Not too shabby. <clears throat> no. So yeah, and and Cody Lambert, Coach Lambert's been kind of rotating his seven starters. Like everybody's not very often. I don't think someone's getting on three more than one or two guys are getting on three bulls in a weekend. So sure. that strategy, uh, we'll see how that pays off. Keeping them fresh. Yeah. Oh, it's good to see. Yeah. Exciting times. So we'll keep everybody updated Okay, with the, uh, with the team stuff. Speaking of the Austin gamblers, I noticed last weekend that they had on their hooked up enterprises jerseys. Do you guys notice that? Yeah. It's Brent's getting in there. Uh, as well, Scott, you've seen our jerseys, Jason, our Farm World redhead jerseys. Yeah, yeah those they look, look good. good. That's Brent, man. He just does does the job, gets all the goods in there. So with that, for the biggest moments under the brightest lights and the biggest situations, get hooked up. Hooked Up Enterprises is a creative partner for Western sports and beyond, providing customized arena wear for some of Rodeo's most elite athletes and state-of-the-art arena wrap display products for some of Western sports' most prestigious events. They're the official in-arena gear of the NFP podcast. Find out more at www.get-hookedup.com or follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Stand up, stand out, and stay uh, hooked. Hey, you know what? Those jerseys, um, like at a bull ride of any event, but that amplifies it a thousand percent. It looks, it did look so good. I was kind of expecting the old blue hockey jerseys you used to pack around there. And when you guys yeah. walked out in those jerseys, man, I'm telling you, and you're right. The way he plays the shit and makes it look sweet. Yeah. It was, it was, Sells it was cool. It was makes cool. it look yeah. pro. Yeah. And yeah. a bunch of good pictures we'll be sharing here on the, on the Instagrams and stuff from that event too, with a bunch of cool stuff. So, that was looking forward to that. And boys, our NFR chase is heating up. Jared Parsonage right on the bubble. Jordan Hansen, I think, is in. I think he's safe. Our Canadian yeah. cowboy there. Got a lot of Bronc riders in the in the mix. Zeke Thurston, a whole pile of those guys kicked ass in Pendleton. Leighton Green comes out of there with the win. Bunch of Canadian Bulls were good in Pendleton, too, of, of uh Nansen Bulls. Outlaw Buckers looked like some really good ones there. We should have some Bulls and horses at the NFR, but Jason Jordan, he's or uh, Jared is is on the bubble. Have you got the updated standings? If he's in, if he's out, or where he might be at? He's, yeah, right he's the, in right now. He's in right he's now. In. Right? Yeah, he's in. I actually talked to Jared this week, and he's entered up. He's got to be somewhere almost every day, starting tomorrow, maybe or yeah, yeah tomorrow, <laughs> right up till Grand Prairie till our PBR event. So 
he's going hard, but he wanted to enter everything and he's only going to go get on the good ones or what he likes, which, you know what, Jared's going to do it. Uh, he's a businessman, right? So yeah, I get it figured out. Yeah. He's not going to go get on any shit and uh, if he can chip away and get her done. Plus he's got Edmonton yet to try to win a check yet. So he's sitting uh, 14th with 132, just shy of 133,000. He's got $10,000 over Telfer. And then you, when you go down here, Justin's hurt. Mooney's uh, hurt. Oh, yeah. Mooney's hurt. So really you got trade at 101. So he's 31,000 ahead. And I don't know if Trey is qualified for that uh, playoff in the governor's cup. They're calling it. There's mm-hmm. 120,000 added in advance. So he's wow. going to have to get on a heater here and then obviously win that. And I'm just looking to see, Oh yeah, he's in. He's qualified for that. So I want to go out on a limb and say our boy Parsonage is in good shape. Yeah, he's right where he needs to be. He's not chasing anyway. They're chasing him. Yeah. And and Jordan come home, do a little healing. Um, He's sitting in 11th with 139. He's set. He won Olds Uh, too last weekend. Oh, did he? Yeah, took the title. Made a good bull ride on that. So he'd be 140. Dance Monkey. Remember that muley that came from Wild Hawks around the left? Yeah. Made a really good ride. Yeah, really good ride. Uh, Stetson well, Wright be did some... okay, huh? Not too shabby on the weekend. Oh, yeah, like the last, well, whatever. It's been three, three weeks, three weekends. It was, yeah, he won something like eighty some thousand. So is oh. it a record right now for the? He's already set the record, right, for single season bull riding and single season all around. Did I see that? That's correct. Day? Prior that to right? the NFR, and whoever wins the year end in the in the saddle bronco riding is going to have that record as well. Cause him and Sage and Zeke might be ahead. Actually, just let me have a peek here. That is a record held by rider, right? In 239, 231. Oh yeah. Zeke's still right in there. Zeke he's he only 20,000 behind with San Bernito. Unless if he's going, I, um, I would presume he's entered. So, but yeah, yeah. whoever, I think Stetson's the only one right now, but Sage will win some money yet. So he could make the, he could set the record. Yeah. That's yeah. Good. He could be breaking three records here in another two weeks, I guess. Not even a week and a half. Not bad. That's no, he's doing okay. Too. Seems to hang on. <laughs> Big jump last weekend was our buddy Ashton Sully. Got to give him a shout out. He was on the outside looking in, needed to do good at the last couple <clears> of rodeos <throat> of the year. Wins him a second place at the Okotoks Old Stoberfest and wins him a first place at the Hanno Pro Rodeo, which bumps him now into a spot for the CFR to make his first uh, final. So that's pretty cool. Him and then uh, the rest of our Canadian guys were out in Quebec, Jason. How did you hear how mm-hmm. that all go? Did everybody make it back alive? I haven't talked to very yes. many people. Well, I heard one guy went missing for a bit. I let you guys guess who that was. But anyway, other than I that. I got a good yeah, feeling. I, I got a good fucking feeling. I think everything went went all right. I talked to my brother from another mother, Sylvan, today. And yeah, he was happy they got some bulls rode because his guys weren't riding too many bulls during the week. So I think they rode, they had eight, seven or eight rides. And Garrett Green, tier two event with two rounds, uh, picked up a nice check, just shy of 6,000 for the trip out there. So nice. But we got it dialed in, eh? Um, those guys flew in at like 4.30. So they had to get there. And you know what it's like trying to get into St. Tite oh, uh, yeah. with all those people. The so they were there about 40 minutes prior to the performance. 
and then they were all flying out first thing in the morning. The performance was an overdose one, so nice. they didn't have much time to go to the bar and get into trouble. So could well, they, they fly to Montreal or Quebec City? Not Montreal. Where's that specialty house? Where's that specialty house on the on the highway? You remember that one? <laughs> the red the red roof. Yeah, that's red a good one too. The church isn't there anymore? Oh yeah. It was. No, God, that guy, the guy that had the church there all the time. Oh, the that guy. Time. Yeah, that guy's not there, but the church yeah, is Yeah, the open. church is still standing. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. okay. But that guy, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. What is his name? He was just a friend of a yeah. friend that could get you whatever he, you needed. Yeah, right. <laughs> Whether what? that be a hot dog or uh, other yeah. activities that you were looking for, he could have it yeah. all. <laughs> yeah. Uh, good times so no it's cool and uh like we say we got a lot to uh to get through i think we got through quite a bit of it here obviously it's been a long time but now that we're getting things lined out we should get these going i got uh, chad best plug lined out we're going to get him on the podcast here coming up soon got a few other big guests that i won't name their names yet but they're going to be coming on here uh, in the next couple weeks so exciting times for the pod chad's going to come on tell his story as well as uh, we'll do some promotion for the upcoming Thai Bond foundation memorial bull ride i'm not sure what he's calling it it's not memorial but legacy or something pbr is what it, what he's calling it and that's the friday before uh saskatoon so tickets are on sale for that so it'll be kind of cool we'll talk about me and him used to travel together with with Bond and TNT. Ty TNT's been uh lighting me up. He's gonna come on the pod too. We've been having some fun. He was giving me shit that he didn't like NFP and all this stuff. So we'll uh we'll get he didn't like on. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's Tyler. But we'll get him on here. I told him we'd have him on and he can he can share his piece. <laughs> Do I need to miss that one? No, fuck no, you can't. Oh. No, you can't. It'll be entertaining. We were good because we had, uh, you know, Lonnie West's wedding and Cranbrook Okotoks for you together that whole time. And then Prescott's wedding as well. Shout out to Ty and Kristen. They got married while we were away. Stood up for him at that one. We did that at the Danes Ranch. A lot of fun there. So you can imagine when we all get sitting around telling stories of uh, all the different stuff that's that's gone on and that's going on. There's always great ideas of what we're going to do with coming up pods. But before we get to our interview with Leah Garcia, which is... Uh, a very exciting one. We had a lot of fun recording that today. Leah's an absolute fucking legend and uh, yeah, that was tells it how it is. She doesn't give a shit. Everybody's probably thinking they're listening to a podcast with a <laughs> girl and it'll be a little bit, a little bit she, leveled a, down. It's not at all. She, <laughs> she talked. She, she mentioned something about a scorpion fall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Scott, I wish I had a picture. I, I saw you in that position once. St. <laughs> Pete. Wee wee. Speak okay, our uh, our segment, fellas, of our uh, amateur hours and our full pro. Do uh, does anybody have any of those for today? Do you guys think of any while we were uh, gone or are Sunday scaries? I forgot all about them. Ah. I'll have a new Sunday scary for you for next one. It'll okay. be this Sunday. Yeah, my Sunday, my Sunday scary is leaving the Clooney Cooper Memorial Sunday morning at seven thirty in the morning, and looking across and seeing those empty tents and you know the shrapnel of of a good time weekend, and uh, scared for you because I knew you had to wake up and clean it all up. I was out of there. Yeah, so yeah, that's that a Sunday was- scary. That's full on Sunday scaries. That one was because that was like, like I say, we did the faturity to kick it off too the day before the PBR, which added a lot of added work 
and extra stuff on top of it too. Plus, obviously, you don't take care of yourself, right? So you're just like worn out, fucking tired, done, done with people. And that was the 100% Monday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Scary Scott was after it was done. But the best part is like, it's all just your mind, just the anxiety and shit. Cause everybody had a ton of fun and everybody was in the same pool. Right. I got, I started getting texts like Monday and it was like, it's like, Hey, just so you know, we had the funnest time ever. Sorry if we were over the top. It's like, wow. Did you see everybody else? Like everybody was fucking, everybody has a really good time at this event. So that's uh makes it fun. It's a little bit, a uh, little bit of a intertwined group. You know, there's not a bunch of outsides. What are you laughing at? Well, I don't know. I think you were the president of the fucking fun group there, boy. <laughs> oh, wow. You had, you had fun. You had fun. Definitely. Definitely. Every now and again, that'll do it. But yeah, that's a good Sunday, Scary. Jason, you know how it kind of goes after an event's done and all the yeah, adrenaline wears off and the the exhaustion kind of comes into play and then there's all the the tear down yeah. and dealing with all yeah. the paperwork and all the different wait stuff to get our age afterwards. Tanner. Uh, Tanner wait to get our age man i can't go as hard when i'm that age <laughs> no we know <laughs> i can't go as hard now you, when i'm 31 i was gonna say you probably can't go as hard now as you could your your no your cousin did his best though for a couple days yeah, you went full Ooh. on there, Scott. Yeah, what are you laughing at me for? Fun time police over there. What are you oh, talking yeah, about? A couple late gotta, nights well, leading up to the We Saturday. had a memorial. Well, Tyler's oh. father passed away, so uh, yeah. Um, R.I.P. Reg. We we did do her up though in the Lashburn Hall for a bit, and then out to Twyla brother Twyla's brother Dean's place, and oof. and Reg loved uh, McDonald's so. Yeah, Jory, I got on the phone and phoned the McDonald's and Lloyd and Jory paid for 100 one cheeseburgers. Zero zero cheeseburgers and 50 medium fries. Perfect. <laughs> and they all got eight, I think, because Scott oh, yeah. finished them the next day. Yeah, Scott oh. would have made sure they were down. <laughs> Might have fucking turned me off cheeseburgers for a while. <laughs> nah, probably not. Probably not. Anyway. No. If I went to a Grand Prairie. <laughs> Uh, okay amateur hour this week guys this was one that uh that i was thinking about i don't know why this one came up to me or i but it popped into my head but amateur hour for me for this week that i want to bring up is um medical professionals that like compete with other medical professionals there's been times when you've been injured and i know there's guys that have been injured and they go and get something checked out and you get an x-ray or you get an MRI and then you go to get a second opinion. And in reality of it, everybody should be on the same page of like, of what is happening, what the injury is. But instead there's a lot of egos within that world. And you'll go, I remember going to like a different doctor and telling them that I got an MRI from Tandy Freeman. And they're like, Oh yeah. Like they knew who Tandy was in their, in their game. Right. And like, yeah, you shouldn't have done that. shouldn't have done this. Right. Or then you go the other way, you go to another doctor and they're like, Oh yeah, I know. I don't listen to that guy. That's the biggest fucking piss off in the world, especially for like a young guy that doesn't know anything. I'm thinking of like these young guys that get injured and they go to their doctor or their local doctor. You, you go to a doctor, you feel like they're going to help you. And when you have to go to three different ones and then they're a little butthurt that you went to somebody else in the first place, or they all tell you to do different things. I don't know how many people, young guys have phoned me asking me what they should do, who they should go to see because they can't get any answers because of different situations. So that's full on fucking amateur hour. And I'm not calling anybody <laughs> out. It's just, I remember having those situations and having to deal with that. And when you're, 
mind is where it's at when you're hurt in those situations as a young guy you don't need that shit on your plate because it adds to all the fucking stress and the fucking scariness that's a part of it right like everybody get on the same fucking page the moral of the story is to help the person so get your egos out of the fucking way and help the people that's good yeah i like it that's a good one okay that's good uh, i just got to mention one thing i know uh it's that time of year but believe it or not you guys i'm being scouted by oh, Kyle. <laughs> no serious kyle williamson is the general manager of the roseland hockey team up the road here yeah. he was over the other night he's like you probably have to gonna play on our team so i'm gonna have to talk to the i'm gonna have to talk to the hornets gm and see if i can get a fucking trade or release <laughs> so you can get released <laughs> yeah released your Tell you they're is, after me they're after that's a me. lifetime contract buddy i don't know <laughs> You might be able. To, you can't play goalie for sure. Maybe you can play D. <laughs> I, I just. I told him straight up. I kind of put my hand in his face. Said, "Hey, whooshed." Off to talk. I want to talk to. The When's the last time you skated? Oh, last year. I think. Oh yeah. Like, Fuck. Yeah. How about that first skate after you haven't skated for a long time? How sore you oh. get? I was just thinking. I'm like, you're gonna be fucking crippled, dude, if you go down. One of my questions was, "Can we smoke on the bench?" <laughs> he said, "Yes." So yeah. That might. Be, that might be the seller right there. Export a no. smooth all day. Yeah. 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 yeah, full pro, full pro segment. I'm gonna go with uh the Acumen Performance Center right now. And the guys that are they're taking full advantage of, of that. Mostly I see Nick Tetz yeah, and point. I see Coy Robbins. Coy Robbins. I just I you know what's boys. funny you say that, dude. Yeah, I was just thinking that. Um the look at the two the two most successful guys are going or right two now. Of the most successful guys in the country are right now. Yeah, arguably two of the best riders in Canada. And, um, and you know, a, a lot of the aspect of it for myself, too, when I was really working out going hard, was it was most, like, for me, it was for my mind, right? It was, if I knew that yeah. I put in the time, if I drove and did that stuff, and I worked out, and I put in the time, I sweat, it kind of just, like, gave myself permission that I put everything into it during the week, that now I can just let it all hang out there on the weekend. I've done everything that I possibly can to prepare to go and win now it's fun you know that was the biggest thing was working out and i think that you'll find that with a lot of guys yeah they're getting in great shape and they are in great shape but it's also that that mental aspect of it that makes you feel better about yourself that you are taking it serious you're doing the right thing and you're working to better your craft to make yourself a living in this sport so you see it proofs in the pudding with guys like coy and nick and and uh different guys that are that are doing that so that was a shout out that i wanted to give as the full pro this week because you guys have probably seen them too their instagram stories and shit they're putting in the yeah. time putting in the work and look where they're at yeah it's time to take it serious Boom! Logan Hay was in the wild ride at the old Stoberfest, guys. That was fucking good watching. So they have a wild ride. They dress him up in like Bavarian female. Yeah, I saw that. And then they have a beer, and then they the das boot, and then they nod and they buck two horses at once. So you know what it reminded me of? You Uh, guys ever seen that game um, in Vegas with the beer girl? Yeah, what is the slot machine? Yeah, yeah, I don't know what it's called, but that's I don't know what. (laughs) It's the same outfits. That's the outfits that they had on. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. who is the premier of of Alberta right now? It's a lady, Danielle Smith. Danielle Smith. She was there day one. Went out, tapped the keg, and smashed herself a DOS boot too. Nice. (laughs) Yeah, that was pretty good, Watson. Pretty good for her and the mayor, lady of the town. So, yeah. Anyways, I think that's good. You guys all set. We can. Uh, chunk it to our interview with Leah Garcia. This is a fun one, entertaining of uh, 
of a lady that was in the game right from the get-go that we got to have uh, a lot of fun over the years. I got to be become really good friends with just traveling the, the country and shit together. And she's an <laughs> awesome, awesome, awesome lady. And she doesn't hold anything back, as you're going to find out on this podcast. She uh, doesn't give a damn and tells it how it is, which is pretty awesome. Awesome to hear. Hey, uh, and on that note, another thing. Do you have any info on... <laughs> On NFP merch and get lots of questions about it. Yeah, Kristen actually just texted me while we're doing this pod, and uh, she had a hiccup with uh, with with Square setting it up, but she should have it by the end of this week. So hopefully next yeah, week we'll have it going. We got all the all of the merchandise itself, the hats and some new hoodies and shit. It's all sitting there. We're just trying to line out this uh, online store, and, and uh, she's on that. So shipping and, and online buying all that stuff will be available right soon i want to get some new designs together with some cool shit too that will we'll get it rolling but um yeah you guys good on everything yeah man, solid before we throw it to our interview with leah garcia it is brought to you by riverside dodge riverside dodge of prince albert saskatchewan is home of the award-winning ram truck they're the brand you trust to haul a trailer load of rank bulls along with your crew up front in the cab. Whether you want to go check fences or tailgate outside the next PBR event, the boys at Riverside Dodge have the right truck for you. Riverside Dodge is not only the dealer of choice in northern Saskatchewan, but also sells and services all across western Canada. Go see Ty and the gang at Riverside Dodge for a fair, no-bullshit deal on your next truck and tell them Tanner, Scott, or Jason sent you. Riverside Dodge in Prince Albert is the official truck dealership and sponsor of the NFP podcast. Now... Ladies and gentlemen, here's our interview with Leah Garcia. CBS Sports, expected here. Luke Snyder, the 2011 winner of the last Cowboys standing, currently sits in fifth place, 86-5. Good, solid score. How does your veteran experience pay off in moments like this? Joy's one of the young guns on tour who's facing up to some of the best bulls in the world. How do you prep yourself as a bull rider to square up to these tough bulls? Jordan, how would you say your positive energy is playing into your riding? Well, I can tell you I got plenty of energy right now. This is JB's year, they say. He has everything right in his life, and it's showing in his so riding. JB Mooney moves into the number one position. How do you change your mindset now that you're in the lead? You don't. Keep going at it the same way I've been going at it since I got Just check it with Leah. Let's send it to Leah. Special as this new title, world champion. There's no words for it. Uh, I don't think it's really sank in just yet. PBR fans, this is your 2013 world champion, JB Mooney. When we talked midway through the broadcast, we were talking about Tanner Byrne, the fact that you Canadians were building up a little bit of enthusiasm. Looking at his performance here, what do you have to say? Oh, it's sure awesome to see him get here and ride like he does you know it's it's a lot for guys like you know that haven't been here before a lot to take in and obviously that didn't bother him one bit he came here and rode like I know he does and it was it was great to see that and it uh it you know when you see your good buddy like that that rides good it you know it fires me up to go and do the same thing and on a more personal note you're dealing with an injury how are you oh, I'm feeling good now like I feel like I've been riding really good and really consistent lately didn't end off how I wanted to but uh Still, all in all, wasn't the wasn't the worst weekend ever. So, thanks, Ty. Thank you. 
Well, Leah Garcia, mountain bike champion, professional cyclist, television personality, and contour fitness expert is about to show you. Our guest today is a professional media icon, an award-winning infomercial host, an on-air talent, and entrepreneur. She's a rodeo cowgirl with two trips to the college national finals, as well as a professional mountain bike racer with three trips to the world championships, a North American title, and the only American woman to race the prestigious mountain bike Tour de France. For over two decades, she was the sideline reporter for the PBR on CBS, CBS Sports, as well as various broadcasting partners. It is our friend, Leah Garcia. Leah, how are we doing today? I just want to hear your voice some more. Just keep talking. <laughs> Do you want to hear that French accent some more, Leah? Yes, Did you, did you get the French twist? We haven't I heard did. that. Scott and I have not I heard that yet. So I'm, I'm going to start with my Canadian accent here pretty soon. There you go. Let's yeah. wait for it. Is I'm that good. Just, you're going to start it off with an F bomb? <laughs> start it off with a fuck bomb? Yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah. There it is. Yeah. Okay, we're loosened up. Let's get at I it. And we're I, there. I'm just going to tell you this. I am a truck driver's daughter. I loved what you said about me. That's all true. Good. I was raised on a ranch. But I'm a, I'm a truck driver's daughter, so I have a free pass to cuss. Yeah. yeah. It's just the way it is. Fair At enough. least here in the United States. And lived a lifestyle that was uh, fairly open to a uh, wide open chat too. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. <laughs> well, that's good. So what's up, Leah? It's been a, a long time for all of us. We all got to be together for a long time throughout the, the PBR and uh, now all kind of moved in, in different paths. So uh, what's taken? It's been a long time. Been busy. Yeah, they, they say these days, what is it? A hot minute? It's been a hot minute since we've had a chance to chat. <laughs> Yes. But the traveling circus was a good time, Tanner. Mm -hmm. I really did enjoy the traveling circus. But to be fair, I had come off of two decades of the traveling circus as a professional mountain bike racer and then TV. So I really didn't know anything else. It's just what I did. I got on airplanes. I showed up at a new spot, set my home up there for the weekend, and then chased another one later on. Good mm -hmm. times. Yeah, I'm real, I'm really grown up now though. I have an <laughs> office and I go into work. Oh. So what's me. what is the work? Can you uh I can tell by the hat it's new last Yeah, I'm right? representing. Thank Represent. you. Good. That's good. You got you. So is yeah. that that's what that's you got businesswoman of the year all this different stuff I'd seen by doing I, some research on you there. So obviously going good. What is it? What's uh what's what is new last? Oh, I love that we get to just pitch me right off. Right Shark off the hop. Let's get Shark to it. moment. Okay, here we are. Uh, this is a skincare and a hair care company. And we basically make eyelashes, eyebrows, and hair grow. I can't say that because the FDA doesn't like it when I say we grow hair. Um, but we do. And then we also anchor it. So when you get older and you start losing your hair, uh, we can help you. And so... Uh, really? It started, Jason? It started Jason needs it. <laughs> Are Jason? you sure? Leah? Show me. You... <gasps> You're too far gone, brother. Sorry. <laughs> well, I keep her. I got You're a little. No longer would lasting. it help save it? Would it help no. save it? You know, the Princess Bride movie? You know, no. when Mad Max says, mostly dead, all dead? You're like all dead. I'm Your all hair. Dead. It's done. Well, Leah, you know what they say? Grass doesn't grow on a busy street. You know what else they say? Grass is always greener on the other side, but I say you eventually have to water it. Yeah. yeah. So are you in Canada with your product? Not yet. Well, I did early on. I snuck in there because I, I didn't know what I was doing and I was um, just 
selling and then people started buying from Canada. But now I've had to rein myself in and now I've got to go through hoops and jumps and put French on the back of my packaging. Apparently, oh, God. I'm going to have Tanner Sorry. actually do yeah, that. I can do the um, voiceover for you. For yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we do we do have the ability to sell in Canada and I have some people who I am selling to. But it's sort of under the radar, and um, and then that'll be my next step. I've just been humping it, trying to get the United States going. And I, you know, when I was still at the PBR, I saw the writing on the wall. Right, I'd been there a long time. J.W. Hart told me I was getting a little long in the tooth. I knew that they would be finding a prettier, younger, probably smarter and more talented person to replace me. So- was there was there a, was there a specific aha uh-huh moment where you're like? Ah, uh, this is this is happening. Like no, brought, but look at me. I'm old. <laughs> old. I didn't. I didn't even start sideline reporting until my. I mean, earlier with Canada, yeah. But for the PBR, geez, I was already in my thirties, forties, forties, thirties, forties. I mean, I was old. Really? Eh? So I've been there for about twenty years, and at one point, you're like, okay. Things so we're talking 50, 60 now, guys. These guys aren't good at math, Lee. I'm right just here. bringing them up to speed here. <laughs> I'm 59 years old. Wow. Young. Old 59 years young. No, right? when I fall right now, I feel old. I don't <laughs> bounce back so well anymore. Well, I'll say it for the boys. You look amazing. There Thank you. you. Nope. Thank yeah. you. You don't look a day over 39. <laughs> I don't feel a day over 58. Okay, here's yeah, my confession. So- I was doing great there for a while. And then there, see, I started getting Canadian on you. There was Perfect. a way I said that. I like it. There was a time that I did just not recover. And then I started feeling the effects when I'd work out. It would take a while to recover. Um, maybe Tanner, you felt that way. Bull riding. I mean, you're still so young, but. Do you know what I mean? There comes a certain point where you just bounce back and you come back and you're, you hardly notice. And the and travel then, too, though. The well, travel every weekend, right? That takes its toll. And the yeah. lifestyle. The lifestyle takes its toll on me the most. <laughs> I usually recover by like Wednesday-ish. <laughs> I had a girl. You know, we... Uh, it's five o'clock somewhere. When we had Hummer on. Um, Those are two we hours. Were... I'm never going to get back in my life, by yeah. the way. Well, I'm not going to get a lot of my life back because it's because of him at Ontario, California. I got on the tequila and I, and I never even thought of that until we were doing the podcast. That's when I got on to liking tequila was because of Craig Hummer. And now I'm a full on addict. No. Pardon me? He won't drink shitty tequila. He's no, 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 no. Neither will I. No, I'm, I'm in the 125 to $300 a bottle tequila now. No big deal. No big deal. That's why you lost your hair. Yeah, you burnt it off. (laughs) Yeah, you should have stayed gritty down here with us normal people and drinking whiskey on the rock. Gut rot. Yeah, Yeah. gut rot's what you need more of. That keeps you. (laughs) That keeps you healthy. I have a tequila story from Calgary. Oh, let's do it. I love it. Yeah, do say right into tequila. Yeah. And when I say I don't get those two and a half hours back from Craig, it's because I've heard all the stories. Yeah, Craig was right. my, he was my, my traveling husband, you know? So every weekend we were the ones who went rogue and decided that we were going to go into Marriott's and we would stay in Marriott's because then we would get points. We yep. were both 
whores for chasing points. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so every single weekend for many, many, many years, we'd bugger out of there and then we'd leave the PBR and then we'd go back to our Marriott because, and then it'd be text come over, but we'd pre-plan, we, we'd pre-plan our wine drinking, mm. um, not tequila. We would just drink wine and then we would debrief on the show. Um, and then we would just drink wine, but sometimes we'd stay up until stupid hours just talking. And so I've heard all of his stories and they were all great and I all love them, but I didn't need to hear them again. <laughs> yeah, it's your fault. Cause you were like, Leah, you should listen to Craig's, you know, podcast. Well, it's just this, okay. uh, I wanted you to listen to it because of the similarities. And this is my next question for you it might be, Awkward or not, but is there any animosity? Like, are you and Craig still tight or any animosity? Totally. I still butt dial him all the time. Oh, cool. Yeah. 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 No, yeah. we're tight. He didn't do yeah. anything. Yeah. It, you know, he's, he's going to take care of his job and his business, but he wasn't the reason why I left the PBR. Yeah. Um, and he just, he's hanging on. They're all hanging on. Everybody at the PBR that's in the broadcast world, oddly feels less abundance and more limitation if you know what i mean i think they're all scared for their jobs really and that's a really horrible way to live because you just don't know if the next executive producer or the next whoever is going to come in and and you're gone right or if gleason doesn't like you or if cleek doesn't like you or if somebody doesn't like you and i will get back to the tequila story but speaking of not liking randy bernard early 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 on used to not recommend me for shows there were a couple and of you went to shows. school with them that's yeah, horseshit leah there's a uh you turned him down at prom didn't you no i probably did <laughs> no, yeah. he uh he didn't recommend me and he had every right not to recommend me because i i did not know what i was doing and um and so but when i found out that he didn't recommend me i called him up and this was my exact hello randy what the fuck yeah and he's like, what? And I, I said, if you didn't want NBC to hire me because you didn't think I did a good job, you owed it to me to tell me why I didn't do a good job. Yeah. Before that, tell me how I could improve. Tell me what you wanted. If you do not know what, what we're chasing, you don't know how to get there. And so I was just a little bit peeved. Um, but then he apologized and I got over it. I get over it fast, but I'm not afraid to call people out if they're not squaring up with me about what they need to yeah. and um anyway we got past that and then i eventually did get hired and then they kept trying randy kept trying to replace me aaron coscarelli i don't know if you remember all the people that he tried to replace me with well, i'd go few, away right i remember a few different away. yeah then somebody would come in and then i would just take the high road never even like bat an eye come back do a good job and then next thing you know that other person wouldn't work out and then there i was again yeah. it's like that person that just never left until finally they were like, we're taking you off the schedule. Yeah, it's done. We're done. <laughs> Did it take a moment to get over that part of it? Or you're the I type was a of girl that's a bit bitter. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Only because there was no grand farewell. I don't yeah. mind that they would replace me, but come on. 18 yeah. years of dedication. Never late for one show. Make other people's jobs easier. Stay professional. Don't sleep with the cowboys. I did it all right. You know what I mean? I didn't, I did it all right. And I was fun and one of the cool chicks and I was, I did it my job. And that the fact that the minute the transition happened, I was like Donnie Gay persona non grata 
they never mentioned my name again. It was as if, oh my gosh, don't mention Leah's name. Huh. And I know why they do it because they don't want fans to clamor for us. So yeah. it's better to just act like we just disappeared. Um, Cause that's what they did with Donnie Gay. When Donnie Gay fans would type in incessantly, we miss Donnie, we miss Donnie. Same thing with Justin McKee. We miss McKee, we miss McKee. <clears throat> Look at it's 420. I don't smoke weed, but I live in Boulder and I smell it every day. (laughs) So, Um, (laughs) who who was the poor bastard that had to let you know that that was? Oh, they had HR on the phone. Shauna, Shauna. I remember this. Yeah. HR. Oh, yeah. They called me. They set it all up. It was fancy pants. They didn't want me to sue. They didn't want me to sue for. many things yeah. uh, you know it's it's an h and now that i own a company i get it right that you yeah. need to let people go i'm a protected class i'm a woman over a certain age with a hispanic background and that is the protected class and so they needed to cover their ass to make sure that when they let me go that it was all very very formal we're not firing you we're just not going to put you on the schedule ever again which is which is French for firing you? Yeah, exactly. En français. En français. Tanner, you are so my interpreter right now. Très bien. Oui, très bien. Yeah, what's the good. what's you the what's what? the ties, Leo, with with cyclists and media? Then switching back to the Hummer thing. What like was are you guys the two that have done that and right into the PBR? Did you guys know each other in those cycling years? No, Help each other out? What the hell? Fred forgot yeah. to tell you the story when he was talking about getting his start. He and Gaffney came to a PBR in Des Moines, Iowa, and it was a, uh, I think it was a challenger type event. And um, I walked up, well, Hugh Arian from Echo Entertainment. This is way, way before all the fancy networks took hold of the coverage. And to back up even further, you know, the PBR had to buy back their TV rights from people back in the day. So then when they were just getting started, it was OLN and they were starting to cover a few things. So Craig and Gaffney show up at Des Moines, Iowa. And I look up at the booth and they're like, here's these two good looking guys. And they just are all fresh faced. And, (laughs) you know, there's Craig all fit with his enthusiasm and Gaffney with his, you know, look. And I was like, that's what the PBR needs. They need you guys to be the face of the network broadcast. And um, that that lit a fire. And, you know, and Craig, of course, was a great transition shoe in for the whole thing. And another point that he forgot to mention, which is there was a little more twang that was happening when the McKee was there and it was way more country feeling. So producers came in and their whole M.O. was we want to make it a sport and we want it to have a universal appeal and we don't want it to be too twangy. So we need Craig Hummer with an American voice and what we call a broadcast voice, right? So even there's like an American broadcast voice that you'll hear across news channels in the U.S. I don't know if you've ever noticed when you turn on the TV. They all sound the same, no matter where. (laughs) So Craig had that. And then then they would pepper him with the the sideline, with the the accents, right? With Justin, JW, Ty. And it was a great combo. And so that's where they've just stayed since then. But there was a guy named Brett Haber before Craig got his full-time gig who um, who was rude and he was 
Do you remember this? When Chris Shivers was about ready to knock his skull in? No, but let's hear it. Well, Chris wanted to beat a lot of people up. I know, but this one was warranted. So this guy, Brett Haber, and if he's listening, he will never listen to this. But if he does, he knows it comes came to him. Yeah. So he was on a broadcast and he didn't hit whatever mute button he was supposed to hit. And they had all the behind the scenes talk nice. being like they had it in the 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 like the food room or the PR room or somewhere where wives and bull riders and people were all hanging out. And so at one point, I think it was Pee Wee got knocked out. It was like, we're in overtime at this point. Show should have been done a long time ago. We're in overtime. Pee Wee gets knocked out and he's out cold on the arena floor. And this Brett Haber guy says, come on, you fucking redneck. Get up. I got a plane to catch. Oh, I I know. I remember that. I remember hearing about this. He didn't say it on air, but it was on air behind the scenes. And let me just tell you. Uh, there were head boiling oh. and Chris shivers. And anyway, that man never came back. <laughs> Brett yeah. was done. That's when Craig came so. in to cover. Yeah. Yeah. Poor PB. Yeah. He got yeah. up eventually. Yeah. He rolled with it. <laughs> he okay. Calgary right. tequila story. You, you skipped over this. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Let's get back to tequila. Yeah. You know, there was the whole lick and pull thing that went on with cowboys back in the day right when they had the wedding ring oh yeah and they would lick and pull yeah so they didn't, so i they mean didn't i don't know what like, you're talking about yeah. they, didn't look like they were married ex- anymore we're all married leah please don't expose um, our mike uh, remember who was mike lee remember he used to leave his bible at the border <laughs> there's lots of those guys <laughs> the, the u.s boys come to canada and it felt like it was a different world i remember being a little it was, kid, like, guys, guys, <laughs> so ranchmen's so I worked the Calgary Stampede for quite a few years, and I used to call it the 10 best consecutive days of my life. I love, I loved, I wanted to marry a Canadian so badly. I tried, I tried, tried, and then I married Do we know Australian. him? Ron McLean? No, no. <laughs> but I really, I was. That's I was, good, because we don't want him in Canada anymore. <laughs> I was digging deep for a Canadian. No, that sounded horrible. Wait, Don Cherry. Don Cherry. Horrible. So anyway, I was at Ranchman's and um and it was my wild tequila days. And I just I just thought that you could you could sprinkle Keep salt, that stuff do and the tequila, be no, grab no the lime out of somebody else's mouth at any given point in time and get mm-hmm. away with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, as close as I've ever been raped was that night. <laughs> this is turning into the best pod we've ever done. Oh we're my only God. we're only six minutes and eighty seconds into it. Yeah, I am so sorry, it. but let me just tell you, I learned a lesson. Okay. Right? It's like there's a line that I have to draw as a woman. You know, you can't. Not that that like she's asking for it, but let me tell you, she was asking for it. Yeah. I was just being wild and free. But I had stepped over a line that I should not have stepped over. And there's a lot of adrenaline, a lot of testosterone, and a lot of bravado that happens there at ranchments. Mm-hmm. And a lot of alcohol. Yeah. And what a dangerous combination that is. <laughs> Inside and out of that place. Yes. Yeah. A few fights. How did you get the how'd you get the how'd you get the Calgary gig in the first place? That was like you said, before the PBR. Is that your first media yeah. gig or what went on here? How did it how it was you get PBR sanctioned? How come? What do you mean? Why? And it was on OLN. 
She's before right? this. Would that have been your connection? That's actually so I I had um I'd gotten a job for ESPN after yeah. I retired from mountain bike racing. I used to point to the gal who was their sideline reporter on ESPN. I'd say, I want her job. I want to do what she's doing. And so then um, there was an opportunity for me to work for ESPN. And they sent a camera crew over to my house. And I did a little makeshift hello. But I didn't even own a television. So I had no idea what a sideline reporter was. And so when I did my first work, I thought that it was MTV before MTV was cool. I'd literally go sit back with people and chill with them in a motorhome. I'm in the Airstream now. And I do these just really off the cuff interviews and they were just random. But anyway, I got I got my groove going and I lasted for a couple of years on ESPN, sideline reporting for mountain biking and then extreme skiing and mountain events and lots of sports. And then OLN took over the coverage and there was a guy, Jeff Hallis. Hello, Jeff, if you're listening. I love Jeff Hallis. Jeff Hallis says, hey, Leah, I want you to go up to Calgary and do a wild on E. Just do, mm-hmm. a, just do a nice broadcast about the Midway and the whole vibe up at the Stampede. And I looked at him and I said, well, why don't you just have me cover the rodeo? And he said, well, what do you know about rodeo? Well, as a matter of fact, I know a bit about rodeo Um, and he had no idea because all I'd been doing was mountain biking and extreme sports and no one had any idea that I'd grown up on a ranch and that I rodeoed and that I could pretty much out rope most people at that point. Uh (laughs) So I, I ended up going up to Calgary and still doing the nightlife stuff, but also doing and covering the rodeo. And, um, and then I got, and then I got to go work the Chucks. Yeah. I love your Chuck Wagon racers. Not That's a stagecoach, baby. Not a stagecoach. No. <laughs> Not a stagecoach. I, so I'd go sit up and watch the Chuck Wagon races. And then eventually they gave me my own show. I had Late Night with Leah at the Calgary Stampede. Damn. Every night at 11 p.m., Late Night with Leah. And we'd spin a wheel. And I'd show off my abs because at the time I had these wicked abs. Yeah. And I'd show off my abs. And then we would just talked to the outriders and the wagon drivers and it was wild and then we'd go drink and i'd watch the fireworks and go back to my hotel and start it over the next day yeah rinse and repeat yeah that's a fun time and speaking of the abs that was when you were doing the infomercials and and that was like a big part of your life right a long time you did that I, I did. That's one of the reasons why I think Randy Bernard didn't want me on the PBR because I'd started making too much money elsewhere. He's like, you're not committed to me. You had, you had better abs than him. He's pissed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, um, I was not, I, I was still committed. I didn't miss a show, but I would, I would skip over to home shopping network in Florida, do a couple shows, get paid a buck for each ab belt I sold and then I was part of the infomercial uh, later on when it tra- transitioned to contour core sculpting system. And I had an amazing contract where I was getting a percentage of the net revenue. And the way they defined net revenue meant that I was collecting paychecks in and around $25,000 a month. My first one was like winning a bull riding. It was about $70,000. And then they quickly changed my agreement so that I got paid less. And then eventually they just kept making me get paid less and less. But I took all of that money. I'm sure you did this too, bull riders. Took all that money and I would take, I'd pay my agent 
right off the top, pay my agent. And then I'd take 20, then I'd take another 38% and I would put it in my tax account because I knew I was going to pay taxes. And then the rest, I put it in what I called my second house fund. So that's what I did. And now I own four Which houses. is bolder. You're living in your second house. One of them, I have a house out in California in San Luis Obispo, got a place yeah. here, uh, bought my dad's place where I grew up when he kind of got a little bit backwards financially. And then, um, so my best friend, Janet, I brought her in on that deal and basically gave her half the ranch. We built a little second house there and that's where she's living. And then we've got a cute little cabin up in the mountains with where's the composting the, uh, toilet. Where's the, the Airbnb? You used to run that, did you not? California? I yeah, I have a, every, every house I have is up for grabs. If you want to pay me enough, I'll rent it out to you. Cool. No, you're thinking San Luis Obispo. Is that what it was? Yeah. I remember yeah, you talking about it. Yeah, you snuck in there. What the hell went on that night? No, I never did. I think Jesse ended up there. We <laughs> oh, were supposed to go Jesse. there a few times, but yeah, I never did go. But yeah. I wanted to, I wanted to terrorize you guys. I wanted you to come stay in San Luis. Yeah. I wanted to take you out on a mountain bike ride, take you out to the surf and make you paddle. Oof. And um and and then make you run in deep sand and just hurt you. I wanted so badly to give you guys a workout that would make you cry. Yeah, I like the tequila more. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I wouldn't have made it to the sand and the red wine. Right. I'd have been sitting at your front at your table drinking red wine. But <laughs> so the the number one mentioned person on this podcast from all our guests, I think uh, we could probably say Cody Lambert. Hey, eh, fellas. His name comes up the most of anyone. Yeah. Everybody's got a tell story. Us, yeah. Tell us, tell us a Cody Lambert story, Leah. Oh. First one, one, one good one. <laughs> My very first broadcast with the PBR, first time out the gate, really, as the big sideline reporter, um, I interviewed somebody. I have no idea who it was. And afterwards, Cody Lambert with his spitting face comes up to me and I can't, I cannot duplicate it. So help me out if you want to. I'll say it and then you repeat it back to me. But it was like, Leah, what kind of a stupid fucking question was that? Oh, I did spit. Fucking question was that. And he just like, he just, and he's like, stupid fucking question was that. And I looked at him and I go, I don't know. What did I ask? And he told me. And I looked at him and I said, You're right. That was a stupid fucking question. And it shut him up. He didn't know what to say. I didn't fight him. I did not fight. And I think uh, that, like, he kind of left me alone. Yeah. Um, I don't think I was ever his, I don't think he was, I was his fan. He was my fan, however you want to say it. Yeah. I, I didn't get a warm and fuzzy feeling, but every once in a while, you know, when he was in a relaxed-ish mode, he would talk about calf roping and we could, you know, chat about that a little bit, but I, I, I never had a warm and fuzzy with him. Um, despite the fact that he just kept getting more and more airtime, which confused a lot of people, but at the end of the day, you know, he, he has a, he's got a lot up there in his kabog, his kaboggin. He thinks about a lot of things. He's got a lot of information and that was really helpful to the broadcast. Um, I, I think that we could have finessed his, on camera work a little bit that would have been nice but you know that was what they wanted they wanted that cody lambert look and feel but he left me alone after that what it about was, WR uh, when you said the longer the tooth when did when did this come about was this near the end of your career and how did you fucking handle that wait, which one what what jw hart when he said you were long in the tooth how did you uh how did oh, that go man. for you or for him 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Better question uh, for him. It, that that was one of them. And then the other one was when he like cornered me and asked me who he voted for. You didn't vote for fucking Hillary Clinton, did you? Um, He's just like, <laughs> he was just so aggressive. Um, um. I couldn't understand why he was so aggressive, but, um, but he, he didn't have a lot of tact when it came to the HR department. HR. Um, there probably wasn't even an HR department in the that, first 15 years of the PBR. Dave and yeah, Dave and Rich, the sports med crew, they ran HR. <laughs> yeah, right. that, That's a good one. DW, I mean, again, he the Cody Hart remind me so much of my brother, not the way he looked, not physically, but their energy and attitude and the way they the, the way they talked. And so I just, I always really missed his brother and JW was fun. It was fun. We had, it was raunchy. Our PBR production meetings, they were pretty raunchy. Um, and I, JW would say stuff like that, but so would everybody. Everybody would gang up against me if I tried to hold, if I tried to bring something up that I thought I wanted to cover, like maybe it was a little too touchy feely. Maybe it was something about one of the bull riders that wasn't about, you know, grit and spit. It was a little bit more something that was happening to them emotionally or whatever. If I tried to bring that up, boy, they would all shoot me down. And then I yeah, a little more of a sensitive subject. A little bit, and I can't even give you an example. I just know that I they they try really hard to squelch anything that's it's not their idea. Um, but I I would hold my own. I think. Um, but anyway, it as it turned out. Even the viewers don't like too much touchy feely, but they do want to tell stories about the Cowboys. And when you're with people weekend after weekend, I'm, I become a paid observer. I become somebody who can see nuances. When somebody's hungover, you see it. That's obvious. But when somebody's emotionally drained or they've lost their confidence or they, they doubt themselves and any number of things, I see that. I could see that. And then I would... I felt like I was able to tap into that. And um, sometimes I'd leave them alone and I wouldn't interview them because you just don't want to pour, you know, vinegar on that wound. Yeah. But, but that's what I did. I, I tried to be an observer and I tried to watch yeah. how everyone was doing. Yeah. And, you know, there's Leah, a lot of bravado. <clears throat> Leah, you've been around all these coaches <laughs> and some of these GMs of PBR teams. Could you imagine being on a rule call? with these guys today no i can't imagine i don't pay attention anymore i'm sorry i don't know what's going on with teams i don't know what's happening with any of these new young people i have you don't watch it all no more no more i don't have time no i don't i don't i don't watch it um not because i'm bitter (laughs) because i moved on and bull riding was part of my life it wasn't my life i was really good at what i did but it wasn't my identity. I have a life uh, apart from the PBR and um, and rodeo and that Western world. And um, and so I just kind of went off and, and did my other Leah stuff. And I, I top danced, you know, Cal Poly rodeo would invite me back from time to time to kind of keep me in that mix. And that was fun. Um, but, you know, rodeo people are funny. If you're not all in, if you're not all in, like, show me your buckle, wear it. They, they kind of give you the the brush off. So I'm I'm not all in. 
Your new Aston. Well, that and just living my life. Yeah, 100%. But new Aston, yeah, I mean, I had to, I'd, I'm, I've, been, I've been hustling. I work about 16-hour days. Yeah. I've been hiring people, and I've been scaling it, and I self-funded. So everything that I've done was out of my own pocket. And once the PBR money was done, then I just had to, you know, tap into any other resources that I had. But I grew it from zero that's to cool. uh, chasing 25 million this year. Damn. So, it, Sounds like yeah, our it, podcast business, eh, fellas? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. yeah. <laughs> but that, that's it. Everything happens for a reason, right? Um, I'm a firm believer in that good or bad, but in this case, good. I mean, you left one thing and, and it pushed you or out of your comfort zone or into your comfort zone where you're kicking ass now. Yeah, that's the hardest, like, like you say, Scott, like transitioning, right? Leah, sorry to cut you off, but yeah. that's probably the hardest thing that most people deal with in their lives is like giving everything to something and then it taken away and then just kind of using that as an excuse or not doing anything and mm-hmm. like the world's against you, right? Instead of like you taking that, starting something else and then going bigger and better, right? Successful people, mindsets, but it is a very, very hard thing to do is, is to transition in, in life from professional thing. And it's scary, right? Money-wise and all that sort of stuff, in my opinion. You are 100% correct. There's three things that's what I was going to tag on to. It's talent, timing, and try. So you can have talent you need talent. You don't have to have the best talent. You don't have to be the most talented. And then timing, right? When did you start your podcast? When did you get into your business? What was the timing? And, and I think some people, it's not luck, by the way, timing. You, you got to know when to attack. You got to know when to chase that whole shot if you want to talk about moto analogies. And then the other one is freaking try. Yeah. That's when, if you don't have all three, three, in my opinion, you can't really win because the try is what I do like you bull riders day in and day out you just don't quit and and you don't get yeah I get discouraged I wake up some days I'm like mm, fuckity fuck 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 mm. and other days I'm like yeah I'm off the top of my world but timing it's like buying houses it's sort of an investing thing too you got to kind of know when to hit the market right with your opportunities and I I think that what you're doing with your podcast is pretty cool. That's fun. I mean, where do you want to go with that? We well, we're looking for sponsors right now. <laughs> yeah. 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 How much skincare can you sell in hair? Care? Oh, oh well, look know. at us! Yeah, look at these us. complexions. <laughs> look at Jason's hair. I also want to get into yeah, the rejuvenation um, <laughs> category. Can you help me with the vagin- v- vaginal rejuvenation? <laughs> well. We can try. I could be an inspector. <laughs> <laughs> calling Dr. Byrne. Calling Dr. Byrne. Not yes, sir, I am. Yes. Gynecologist room three. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I tell you, boys, I am not scared. No. I'm not scared. No, uh, good. Good. Golden. Leo, you want that- me to tell you about Tandy Freeman? Oh yes, yep. I was just gonna say like we kind of went into some of the the bad parts of the PBR. This might this might be a bad part of the PBR too, but yeah, tell us about Tandy. No, Let's hear it's Tandy's not. Story. <laughs> Tandy is um, a misrepresented and a and, and not fully appreciated, right? And um, but back when I was first first starting, I had inside access to sports medicine before they kicked me out. 
and I could still get in, but it was, you know, with a blessing. Um, mm -hmm. And I would sort of saunter in there and sneak in. But in the beginning, I literally walked around the back of the shoots and the back of the stadiums like I own the place. So I just walk, walk into sports medicine, no matter what, Tandy could be, Tandy could have some, one of you guys stark ass naked working mm -hmm. on you or stitching you up. And I would just walk in and start talking like, <laughs> you know, the locker room stuff that you see on TV. Yeah. Um, and Tandy was always so good to me. He was always so um, amenable to answering my questions. There were times where he was intense because your lives depended on it. And mm -hmm. I would respectfully just back off. But then when he was able, he'd come up to me and he'd let me know what was going on. You know, give me the first scoop. Then I'd feed it to Craig or whomever was up in the booth. But I was always the first one to get the information. Yeah. Um, and oftentimes with my own eyes in the back of sports medicine. Yeah. I think I told you this in my notes. When Jim Sharp in the massacre of Dallas at one particular event years and years and years ago, it was just mayhem. Everybody was getting hurt. Oh, well, Ross Johnson. Right. Ross that, Johnson. Ross Johnson, one of the, and I don't know why that name came to me because we were trying to, I was trying to remember that name in a previous pod. That was a, didn't he get a completely stomped, like hung a spur in the flank or in the rope? Yeah, something like that. It was nasty. It was that same one? Yeah. It was ugly. Like the the kind of stuff where, you know, some of, some of the wrecks that I've seen, I deal with it really well. And others, I'm like, uh oh, that's it, right? There was Chris Shivers when he got knocked out in Laughlin. Um, I literally thought he was dead. Yeah. And, and the other I, three people uh, in the arena that were trying to help him? Yep, yep. But the Dallas massacre was when Jim Sharp had his scalp, his head scalped, like oh. cut in half. Yeah. And it was like his scalp was flopping backwards. And you could just see all the brainy stuff in there. Oh. And... uh I walked into sports medicine. Jim Sharp's like, you know, still awake and his head's all backwards. And he looks up at me and he goes, I'll do anything for attention. <laughs> <laughs> With that cute smile of his. <laughs> and Tandy back in the day, he'd let me in there and he'd let me just hang out and watch them work. And it was so interesting and insightful to see all of that happening. Um, and then the PBR grew up and they got fancy and then they made rules and I couldn't go in there. And they, they tried to never get me to go into the locker room either, but I never listened ever. ever. You always came in the locker room and get in. Well, I, I know if I was doing like women's volleyball and I wasn't allowed in the locker room, I wouldn't have done it. I wouldn't have. <laughs> no way. What was the, what was the locker room like though that day? Leah? Right, right from, you know, shivers and, and Jim Sharp being in there and you had great relationships with those guys and, Tough heat event, I'm sure. A little bit of a, a wilder crowd before all the cell phones and a lot of the TV stuff. It was uh, probably a different world, huh? Yes, yes. But I heard you on the other broadcast where you talked about when Bud Light was the sponsor. Yeah. And they had barrels of Bud Light in the back. And I, myself, in the middle of a broadcast, would get thirsty. Yes. And I don't know if you are aware, but the Spanish did a study. And one pint of beer after working out hydrates you better than water and i figured if it hydrates you better than water after workout probably hydrates you better than water anyway yeah. so i would in the middle of a broadcast go back to the locker room grab myself a beer wouldn't drink the whole thing but just take a couple of sips and come back out and get to work yeah. um but that was back in the day where all the cowboys would actually be holding beer cans behind the shoots yeah. and then when the tv broadcast 
got fancier and the networks were in that that had to go away kind of like when copenhagen you know went yeah. away from sponsorship at calgary yeah Fuck. <laughs> and everywhere everywhere yeah. copenhagen yeah. and yeah. skull and all the what's other a, fun stuff what's a you have a good tough heatman story i'm sure right he's infamous for he hasn't been on this pod yet but infamous in the uh western lifestyle world as uh one of the wilder of the bunch so do you got any good ones of i'm gonna tip my hat i'm yeah. gonna i'm tough i'm gonna tip my hat to him and i'll tell you why um columbus ohio is when all of my lipstick lesbian friends would come to the event to watch <laughs> i don't know if you remember that <laughs> no but that's awesome i have, oh, a, do whole, tell. I have a whole posse <laughs> of girlfriends <laughs> And they're lipstick lesbians, right? And they, but Flint, Flint was the one who would freak out when they'd come behind the shoots. They were like fascinating as if I brought some foreigners from the moon to the event. Oh, yeah. But anyway, there's this club to go dancing and it's really freeing to go to a, you know, a club like that where you can just, nobody knows you. So Tuff came to one of those clubs with us. And one of the lesbian friends of mine, she was probably a little bit more on the manly side of the group, but she was a huge, bodacious, tough fan. Like she had data and stats memorized from, I don't know when, yeah. um, but it was hilarious. So I was like, I can introduce you to tough Hedeman. So we introduce him and they're like, come on, come to the bar with us. We're going to play pool, which we did. And he came to the bar with me and a group of girls. And he was awesome. Two things he did. He carried, you know, two Sharpies, one of each color, so he could sign autographs, which he didn't need to do that night because it was not his people. Yeah. But the other thing is that he would only drink, what was it, Miller? Was that his sponsor? I don't know. Beer? Yeah, I don't know. I think it was Miller. He stuck and with he it. would only order his sponsor drink, even though nobody was there to see it. Yeah. And he hung out with us. And the same thing, I think we might have, like, drug him to a strip club, too. And he wasn't the crate, you know, you might tell stories of him being whatever. But he was, um, he minded his manners, um, and he stuck to his sponsors. But he had such good spirit following all of us crazy girls around. Yeah, not a bad crew to probably follow around. <laughs> sure he didn't have a bad time. If you want. I could probably get five of them on your podcast. If nice. You want. Yeah. Tell you stories. <laughs> so when, when you came around, was that was Chris and uh, was Shivers and Mike White on tour already? Or did you get them as rookies? Uh, Mike had just won the rookie status, I think. And then it was when Chris won his 2004. Was that the year? Gosh, you got to help me with you. Um, I don't have all those dates memorized. I can look it up. Uh, when was Shivers? Hold on. I have I, only thing I did was I pulled up the PBR website of the year of world champions through 2003. 2003. Okay. Yeah. I interviewed him in 2003 when I had really short hair. And then the next year it was Mike Lee, but I think Mike Lee won the rookie title that year. Chris won the world, right? Or did Mike win? Happened? Or did Mike win the rookie and the world in two thousand four? I think he was the first. Oh, one maybe to that's do that. what it was. Uh, maybe. Back to back, yeah. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. What were what were uh, what were those guys like? Did they run the locker room kind of thing, or was it still the old boys like uh, Jim Sharp and those guys running the locker room? Um, I know they all held their own. Come on, yeah. it's not like one. I mean, Mike was just Mike's in his own world. He's always been in his own world. You you wouldn't have. Just let's put him off to the side right now. 
he's like a conversation all by himself. But for Chris, Chris and my and and Mike White, they were two peas in a pod, right? So they were doing their thing and they were inseparable um and cocky and deserved of it and doing their own thing. And then there was the Ross and the McBride. And, yeah. and then you had like some of your other outsiders. You had Tater Porter back at the time. You had Greg Potter. You had all sorts of different personalities, but you know, you did. And even though you had some of the Brazilians, it never really felt like there was a Brazilian locker room and an American locker room back then. I don't know. I think we were all even in the same locker rooms. I don't yeah. know that there was really segregated like it is now. Well, there wasn't any. Did it go that way in the, in the end? Did the Brazilians have why. their own room? It yeah, just... the Brazilians had their own room when I was going, but there was fucking twenty of them. So yeah, right. You know what I mean? they, they needed like, their own room. Yeah, right. <laughs> they did. Yeah. It's funny though, isn't that interesting? Because even when we'd go up to Billings, you'd have a locker room over to the right and another one, you know, over to the left, and yeah. and then every once in a while, you could tell when one of you bull riders was trying to sort of. Get yeah. some different energy. Change you go something up. Your rope yeah. in the other locker yeah, yeah, room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it wasn't like we like segregated against each other. It was just the the barrier of speaking. Right? They all spoke <laughs> Portuguese. We spoke um, English. So it's like you yeah. know, wasn't like we were mad at each other. I love the Brazilians. Really, I was a foreigner just as much as them coming into the U.S. Right? So they were always helping me on and hanging out. Some of my best friends are are those guys. But that was why we had separate rooms. Was just because there was two different conversations going on a lot of the time. But that was probably a big surgence too, Leah. You've seen that right from the get-go of like Adriano and then Paulo and then just the storm, right, of Silvano and when he came over and took over. What was the the behind-the-scenes viewership or the the production side of things? Was it like a little bit worrisome that, that all the Brazilians are kind of coming and taking over or was everybody kind of cool with it or was it hard to deal with with the language barriers and all that sort of stuff? What was the the behind-the-scenes chatter when when Brazil really started taking over? Well, first of all, I'm sorry you felt like an outsider as a Canadian. <laughs> I'm fine with it. Brother. I'm quite fine with yeah. it. Don't worry. <laughs> um, listen, we had larger than life Adriano. Mm -hmm. And with Adriano, he's a television sweetheart, right? I mean, if I, I can't see myself as podcast right now, but if I had to give you like an Adriano, yeah. the way he would interview he'd like throw his hand up behind the chute and he would pump yeah. up his chest and he'd look over at me and be like well leah and you know i'm down here and he'd always like oh it was just that was adriano yeah. and it was he was so larger than life and he was so good for the camera and so good for the media that that was that that was just natural it was such a natural progression and then there was drama, right? So when the drama would happen, Edgene, again, different. Definitely don't let me put him. He's not in the Mike Lee class, but he was also not the larger than life personality. Mm -hmm. You know, you had Renato. Renato knows how I do that. I'm so Renato. like Renato <laughs> doing his backflips. I oh, yeah. love Renato. Yeah. And I liked it when he'd get mad. So yeah, he, he didn't put up with much shit. Personality. Yeah. Um, and then Galermi, of course, coming in. And I, I think if anything, there was probably when there was still Galermi and Adriano, it was like, wait a minute, who do you who do you go to? Who do you turn to? Yeah. Um, and and Galermi had a sweet side, whereas Adriano also, I won't say sweet, but Adriano was just more machismo. He would always have that machismo. Yeah. 
But then I watched both of them freaking crumble during world finals when bad calls were made, when the reality of a million dollars was in the hands of Jeff Shear. Is that not the truth? Yeah. And then you got like glare mate. I feel like, yeah, he would have taken over with TV stuff, just a full on man rocket. Guy's a fucking yeah. stallion. Like they sh- they were probably all over him trying to get him to learn English, right? Adriano had spoke very, very good English. Yeah. So that helped a lot, right? Is it Glaremy still Glaremy still had some troubles? Had Is it true English, that yeah. Adriano you had to like he had like a rider kind of thing? Like you had to get him chocolates or he had to have a certain thing before he would do interviews? Not for me. No. He loved me. But what do you, was was that kind of the case for some things? Or? No, oh. you know, honestly, when you do right by people, they have a respect for you. And I I was chastised a couple of times in my career from from fans writing me and saying, "How dare you interview them in their moment of weakness or when they were struggling or suffering?" But I bet I you that say, person voted for Hillary. That yes. sent that email. <laughs> libtard, libtard. But I would gauge it. So there was a time, remember, it was, Adrian was behind the shoots. It was during the world finals. There was a caller, there was a rewrite, something happened. And he was storming back and forth. And he was like shunning me for an interview. And I've got producers over there like, get, get Adriano, get Adriano. And Adriano was having none of it. And I literally was able to get that interview because ultimately respect Adriano, not because the producers were yelling to get him, but because he respected me enough to say, okay, I'm pissed, but I'm going to honor you for this interview. And he did. And it was like, if I, if I were ever going to say I should have won an Emmy, it was for a moment like that. Or when Galeremi was like in the hallway, dejected again, because the million dollars on the line with the bad call and the Jeff Shear watched the replay 20,000 times. That was just a dream, the black melee that they called him for a slap, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was that one. yeah. And then remember, we watched the- it and watched it and watched it in like 20 minutes drug out. And and Galermi's there in the hallway with his hands between his head, just be like, are you kidding me? Yeah. It's sitting. Was he not sitting with his head between yeah. his knees? Like, yeah. Well, afterwards fate, he was when they made the call. It was in one man's hand who was mm-hmm. making, by the way, a judgment call. That's fucking wild. That's the sport. <laughs> a judgment. Yeah. So those moments, like you talk like Larry May sitting in the hallway crying, there's been many of them of guys, you know, totally dejected or, or, on cloud nine after winning a situation like that, or Chris Shivers in his retirement or Chris Shivers when the million dollars slipped through his fingers on little yellow jacket. You're there for all those different moments, McBride winning world championships. Is there a moment that like stands out to you more than the others or one that, that you can look back on and maybe an interview that you did or a moment that you were a part of that really stands out above the other ones? It's mm, a good question. You talking about Shivers for the million dollar ride on little yellow jacket. I knew he wasn't going to ride that day. And you want me to tell you why? Yes, absolutely. He changed his whole entire routine. Really? Again, you watch what people do weekend after weekend after weekend. And Shivers was fidgeting on top of that bull for the longest time in the shoots. And he wasn't normally a fidgeter. He would take his time, 
but he just changed his whole game plan that day. And you can't do that. Right. And that's the thing that I would see as a sideline reporter is just watching when somebody, I don't know why, but they would change their MO at the 11th hour. And oftentimes it never worked out. Um, I don't remember really what my interview was with him, but I don't think it was anything impressive. The interviewing of the the stuff that stands out um, was really when JB won. How many bulls did he ride? Was it, I don't know, was it 2015? 2015. 2013. When he won like five of the last nine events, you mean? Yeah, but there's never been a better series of interviews that I've ever done in my life than I did that year with JB. I think it was regardless and he won all the last uh, he won a bunch of the events to end the year in 15 half yeah i think it was 13 oh was it 13 when he went on the tear yeah 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 i mean 15 he won it before the finals was over 15 obviously he was on a tear in 15 because he won again (laughs) yeah but but (laughs) jb was a perfect example of someone that i would love to clone for interviews people think he's hard to interview but he's so damn good yeah. because he's raw. He's authentic. He doesn't pussyfoot around. Yeah. He tells you like it is, but that particular, one of those particular years, it, I would ask him for an interview before every event, which is taxing in and of itself. And he would oblige. And then there would be an interview sometime before his ride. And then there would be an interview after his ride. And then there'd be an interview at the end of the show. So (laughs) oftentimes it was the first hit, which is during the pre-production show, like we're introducing everybody to the bull riders. And now let's go down to Leah and Leah's with so-and-so. So he'd interview there, then all of the others. And he was so good in every single one. And he never, ever wavered. And he never did the whole no, I'm not going to interview, which Jess Lockwood would do that with me. Cody Lostro, sorry, Cody, I love you too. But he would do that with me. And um, and that, when when the man's on his A game, he'll interview, yeah. he'll talk. Yeah. He doesn't need to say, oh, I'm not comfortable right now talking. I need to concentrate. You know why? He's not changing his game plan. It's what he does. Yeah. So it's like business as usual. So anyway, I... I would watch that. That was the best for me interviewing JB. People used to say, do you have somebody favorite? And I'd always say no, but JB was my favorite. <laughs> he, yeah, yeah. he scared me yeah. and, and like excited me interviewing him at the same time, because you just really never knew, you knew you'd get something good. Um, but you know, he, he's daunting. He's JB Mooney. And even though he's like, dude, he's our buddy. Yeah. Um, so much talent and so much, in that head smart and justin mcbride same thing justin was quite good but he scared me early on for interviews until one intimidating scary yeah what he was gonna say so intense yeah he was so intense and i was scared of him (laughs) and then you watch some of the greatest leah we've asked this to a lot of our guests as well um, and I don't want to put you on the spot, but you've watched enough bull riding. Who who was the best you got to watch? Not interview. Who was the best bull rider you got to watch compete? JB. I mean, God dang it, it's hard because Chris was so when Chris was doing the Chris thing, style-wise, yeah. those two. And then obviously toward the latter part of my time there, just watching 
Jose Victor Leme. He's pretty on a bull. JB's wild and Chris was classic. Yeah. At least that's the way I looked at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. That's good. Yeah. Good choices. And like you say, yeah, you've seen all those guys, but like when the PBR came around, it was kind of the latter years for guys like Tough and Jim Sharp, right? They were nearing the end of their careers. And then you got to see lots of those guys right from from the get-go and got to watch them grow in the sport, which is pretty cool. And our guy JB just announced his retirement. So that's kind of good. We had a little chat about him there. That's good. Yeah, yeah. I listened to that yeah. podcast. That was flipping awesome. <laughs> I laughed out loud. I don't know what you guys were saying, but something. There were many times on that podcast where I'd laugh out loud. Yeah, so thank you good. for that. That's good. That's what we like to hear. Good we're funny that. guys, Leah. Good buddy, <laughs> we're entertainers. <laughs> we're entertainers. Yes. That's the whole uh, nature. Leah, the, the, the kind of the sadder side of things, I guess, a part of it too, is that you do, uh, like you said, week in and week out you lived on the road you lived in the hotels and you really got to know these guys like your brothers and their family um you were right there for the loss of Ty Osborne the loss of Mason Lowe in those situations it makes the job obviously a lot harder but I know you and Ty were uh were pretty close he had a lot of respect for you and as did I right and we grew up watching you interview all those guys and that was kind of our goal right get in the get in the locker room and get interviewed by Leah means you're winning and kicking ass so that part of the job Obviously, you've had a lot of loss throughout throughout your life and and in your career, but that side of the side of the job's got to be a little bit tough coming back on a weekend without the, that crew being there. And there's other guys as well, right? Absolutely. Um, remember Bo Lindley? You probably don't. He was like a bazillion years ago. Yeah, um, yeah I he remember. He used to come up here and ride. Yeah. yeah, he got paralyzed like at one of our first events that I'd ever worked, and sadly. He never got his send off either, meaning nobody from the PBR really honored him or gave him any kind of uh, public, we appreciated you. Thank yeah. you, buddy. Sorry for what happened. Let us know what you might need. Ty, we did a good job of, you know, giving him a send off. It was a tricky situation. I feel like I'm a better person for having known Ty Pazavon. Yeah. I, I, I rarely want to hug a bull rider, but with Ty, I literally wanted to hug him every time I saw him. Um, there was just something really Most women did. Special. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so cute. Uh. So cute. <laughs> yeah. And then and I wasn't I wasn't around when Mason um had his accident. I was actually not working. That was a challenger event. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't working, but that one also hurt profoundly because I would spend a lot of time with Mason and he also just reminded me of one of my brothers. There was just something very casual about him and that crooked smile. And, you know, he didn't have a lot of confidence at times. Um, And I felt like all he needed was that one ride to really turn things around to let him ride up to his ability. So that made me sad because he never really got to, you know, show that, showcase that. And so I was like, dang it. Yeah, how good he, he really was there. Was. He was right there. Oh yeah. Yeah. Legendary. But but yeah, I, I don't really want to hug all you guys. You're too <laughs> tall for me to hug Tanner. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not I'm not hug worthy. Yeah, let's hear that one. When I, Tanner, you fell, I fell for you. You fell for me. You fell for me. I appreciate it. <laughs> Eighteen years of running up and down and over the back of those shoes. Oh, yeah. Right? That walk. When they, when they put that up there. 
there used to be a time where that didn't exist and I'd have to jump over the bulls in the yeah. back, which I still would do with the, N uh, not the NFR. Why did I say that? I would still do that at the PBR World Finals. They didn't have one of those people bridges. Yeah. So I would literally jump over the bulls that were in the catch pin area, getting ready to come into the shoots, which is kind of dangerous. You know what yeah. I mean? But I wouldn't even care in my high heels and everything because I wore high heels because I wanted to be as tall as you. But one particular event, I was coming up and over the people walker, whatever they called it. And I was in tight pants, which I tended to wear. And I was up and up and up those things. And then you know how they try to make it fancy. So they'd put a carpet up yeah. above. Well, I was just hustling from one side of the shoots to the other to talk to Tanner Byrne because he was going to get interviewed. And I'm in, got the producers in my ear. Go get Tanner go get Tanner. So I ran and then my foot caught on the rug that was like a little bit dippy <laughs> and I literally face planted, but it was a scorpion fall, the kind of fall <laughs> where your hands are behind you and then your feet come up behind you and I scorpioned and then I jumped back up and I go, I'm fine. And then I dashed down the backside of the stairs. And then the first thing I think I said to you, Tanner was like, I just fell getting to you. And then I don't know what you said it was some smart ass response, but it was perfect. <laughs> Do you remember? No, I don't oh, we know. gotta find that interview. Yeah, I think there's a video of of the of your fall on the internet. Yeah, we'll share yeah, that one for sure. Tuffy. Yeah, it's on the internet. Yeah, it's oh somewhere out there. I think. I anyway, the it. only time I fell, and yeah. it was for you. Oh, thanks. I appreciate it. We have such memories together. <laughs> what is uh? What's the Owen Washburn story? And I like to bring this one up due to the fact that. As a kid, one of the most prolific times in PBR history was when Owen Washburn rode hammer not once but twice in a weekend when the bull was unridden and Owen was like the baddest cat, one of my heroes, still is to this day, big tall bull rider. Uh, but you have a story about interviewing him after that, do you not? It was, was it Mohegan Sun, huh? Yeah. I think it was Mohegan Sun or somewhere back east. Okay. Maybe not Mohegan Sun, but it was somewhere big like that. By the way, that hammer who hadn't been ridden, you know, he was like, I had friends in the liberal Republic of Boulder, Colorado, following hammer yeah. who were going, that bull's never been ridden. There was a lot of press. So Owen, that first night rides hammer. Yeah. And there's something that happens, and I used to do this with JB, but there's something happens on particular rides when these cowboys would be riding a bull, and I hold my breath and I count to eight. I don't know why. I can't help myself. I hold right. my breath and I'm like, 1,001, 1,002. <laughs> and I do this behind the shoots and on the sideline reporting. I can't help it. And anyway, so he rides hammer. And then the crowd goes wild and the TV cameras come out. We go into the middle of the arena. Well, Owen, if you don't know, is very shy. And he does not like PR press or interviews. And I was just new to the job. So I'm there interviewing Owen. And I got my other hand like he's a skittish horse. And I'm petting him. I'm just like petting him, trying to calm him down. Because it's sort of like I just want to calm him down like a, like a skittish horse. Yeah. And I'm interviewing him. But apparently I didn't stop petting him. So I pet <laughs> Owen the whole entire interview. And then later, Randy Bernard comes up to me and he's like, Leah, you've got to stop petting the Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> Noted. I Noted. stopped petting the Cowboys <laughs> and or touching them, right? Because it doesn't look oh, yeah. good. Sends no, the wrong good. message. Well, yeah. anyway, then the next night when he rode Owen again, I do remember asking him, um, 
why? And he's like, I broke his spirit. He's like, that's what happens. Um, I don't know if you use those exact words, but the essence was there that here's a bull who'd never been ridden and then got ridden. And all it took was to ride him once. And there were two things that Owen said. One was, now we know we can ride him. And then the bull also knew he could be ridden. Yeah. That was pretty freaking profound. Yeah. yeah. Tamed the you know, beast Owen... and then changed the locker room mindset, right? It's like all, when all the yep. bad ones get rode, it's like, oh, okay, it is possible. Yeah. You see four different guys ride him after that, right? Yeah. yeah well, I don't know. Owen was is... one of those guys, too. When he was done, he was done. Boy, done, done. Yeah. Never come around. To the ring, he didn't like that either. No, he didn't really like that. Eh? Yeah, he, didn't, he was like the total opposite of uh, being in the limelight or in the fame. And a fucking man rocket too. What a stud that guy. I know. But he always have he always had acme on him. Remember the yeah, uh, acme blue, just sharpshooter. Fucking yeah. Uh, I remember I got him to come up to Saskatoon to the Challenger event. Like he was a world champion at the time. Billings ended on uh, Saturday, and we must have been a Saturday Sunday because he came up for the Sunday performance, and I was just like, whoa, I've got <laughs> Owen Washburn coming to my event. With his starched uh, white shirt. Oh yeah, uh, definitely blue shaps. Yeah, starched white shirt. Man rocket is Tanner. Yeah. I would have probably put it some something a little different than that. But anyway, just, uh, your point is well received reason. though, because the thing is, he was done, done, and he didn't think I need to come back and be a TV person now. Because you were talking earlier, Tanner, about transitions, right? What do people mm-hmm. do after bull riding? besides start podcasts yeah. but the point is is that he had his ranch and his horses and whatever yeah. he was doing i think that he had his you know and and, and another one that i had mentioned earlier which is greg potter went back to australia and you know started working with his quarter horses and did his thing but it seemed like a really clear path i, I feel i feel like some don't know and they're like oh maybe i'll just go be on tv it's so glamorous and yeah i can get yeah. paid a lot of money and still hang out and do my thing um, but listen, TV shouldn't be for all of these guys. I really wish Most definitely that not. there was a yeah. better path because yeah. I don't know just because you were a good, good bull rider that you need to go sit in the seat on the TV booth. I think, you know, come in as a celeb every now and then would be awesome. But turning your whole career into then trying to be a sideline yeah. reporter or a TV personality, I guess we need them. But I would just challenge all these bull riders to like think twice. Yeah, and in our plus sport, it's, it's, there's one yeah. job. You know what I mean? There's not 32 different teams in the NHL that that they need different guys to work on, right? There's one fucking job for it. Yeah, and, and how, how many are fighting for that now? Yeah, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Brendan Clark's in there. i seen doing some team stuff right now, too. Hey, did you, did, you have to, uh, did you have to tell Greg Potter to take his mouth guard out when he did an interview with him, or did he always have that thing in? <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then understand him. I I married an Australian. I speak Australian. Uh, good. I understand that. Do you guys but, know Greg Potter was at the CCA finals, which is an amateur association right where we all grew up around us three. He was here in really? like 1990. Yeah. Yeah. 89, Did he do yeah. anything else besides ride bulls? No, no. He was just a bull rider when he was yeah. here. That was it. Huh. huh. Okay, Leah, um, we've held you for a long time. This has been great. We kind of went all over the map, which is the way that I like to do things. So we might have yeah. to get you back because we didn't get a lot of your history or the the bike riding stuff, but we got a lot of great stories and it's so great to hear from you. It's been so long. And we had, like I say, we had a lot of fun 
getting to travel down the road and like you in the when you were in the locker room and learning all the different stuff we got to build a good relationship through uh through all those years so we sure do appreciate you coming on here but scott does have our uh infamous question which seems to fit you pretty good on this no resume tour that we're on <laughs> yeah i agree i agree leah you are a legend and and like we've said so many times i'm i'm lucky we're all lucky that we got to spend 20 plus years sharing uh your life and your talent on tv and uh um i'm so glad that you got to move on to bigger and better things and to see your smile and face again is is 100 awesome but this is the nfp podcast we have our take on it what's yours no fucking pussies yes <laughs> boom there it is. mic drop mic i up. have the mic drop i did not know I, I have not been following your podcast. I did not know what it meant. But in my mind, I saw those three letters. That's true. Said, For our listeners, before we started hitting record, Leah did call it. She called it immediately. I had never, I did not know, but it made sense to me because that's the way it is. That's and I do have that mentality. And I'm so sorry for any of your listeners who might have thought that I was a nicer person. What are you talking about? I, they can go vote for Hillary or, or Joe <laughs> or whatever. Uh, we feel bad that you, you're dropped right in the middle of that circumstance. I just want to say this. As where I've been in this sport, I, yep. I'm going to leave you with this, and I'm just going to give you one more curse word. So when I first started, I had to use an alias because, you know, come hell or high water, even cowboys wanted like bang the TV chick. That was when I was younger. I got older and they didn't care anymore. <laughs> so I used an alias. Reporting and the duty, alias doctor. I used was Sarah Pease. I don't know why. Sarah Pease was a gal who worked for the network and I just would check in as Sarah Pease. But when I go to the desk, you know, I tried the silly stuff. Like I'm going to be Mickey Mouse or something. But I settled on Sarah Pease. For the first couple of years, my hotel room was under Sarah Pease. So I couldn't get a booty call. I couldn't get a, oh, let's just talk in yeah. the middle of the night call. I, did, I could just do my thing. But then, you know, you're always in like whatever after parties, things were happening. And I had to say to myself that I've got to still be one of the gang and I got to be one of the boys. But there is a very fine line between being cool and being a cunt. <laughs> nice. You know what, Leah? I always tell my athletes, you can't buy cool. You either yeah. are or you aren't. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Well, you're cool. You're cool. The, you're a cool thread. chick, Leah. That's you're a cool thread. chick. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah is the is the story of the chihuahua mexico and all the bull riders coming back on the luggage carts is that one that we should tell before we go should we leave the people no tell that one next time next there time were, okay okay chihuahua Ring! there's lots ah. of cowboys down there okay, we had good. a producer who used to basically open his wallet and buy drinks for everyone those were the good old days. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. They probably had to have the HR and the lawyers all on the phone with you to see what you'd say because they were trying to keep you quiet because you probably got all the good stories. Oh, from yeah. You know, days. there is, I, I've actually, Kendra Santos and I chatted about this at one point. I go, of course they have to let me go. I know way too much. <laughs> I'm dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm not idiotic either. And I'm going to give them, I'm going to give them some respect. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Nice. Living. <laughs> okay, Leah, uh, for everybody that's listening, quick plug. 
Where can they find <laughs> New Lastin? Where can they find you on social media? How can everybody keep following along with Leah Garcia on this journey? Thank you, Tanner Byrne. You can go to newlastin, N-U-L-A-S-T-I-N.com. You can follow me on Instagram. Not the same. Follow me, Leah Garcia TV, because that's been my handle since my PBR days. And um, that's it. Just come over and take a look at the uh, the lovely skincare and hair care that's going to grow back all you guys' uh, old follicles that have been dying. And use hashtag nfp so we can get a kickback up here in canada because your dollar is really impressive for us. is it i don't know oh, these yeah things. yes well, cheers you guys yes yeah. good to thank see you, you. Leah. thanks we appreciate Leah. you thank you very much